sacredheartradio.com. Monday, the 18th of December, we are in the last full week of Advent. In the home stretch, the pink candle is lit. And I know a lot of people are going through some rough stuff at the moment. So let's pray this despair prayer of St. Claude de la Colombière. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Lord, I am in this world to show your mercy to others. Other people will glorify you by making visible the power of your grace by their fidelity and constancy to you. For my part, I will glorify you by making known how good you are to sinners, that your mercy is boundless, and that no sinner, no matter how great his offenses, should have reason to despair of pardon. If I have grievously offended you, my Redeemer, let me not offend you even more by thinking you are not kind enough to pardon me. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I'd like to pray that prayer this time of year because sometimes people get down on themselves and all the crazy schedule stuff they got to do and all the stuff they feel like they've messed up. Uh, or maybe they get down on the whole wide world and, you know, think, you know, heck with all these people. But God is a merciful God. He loves you. He loves them. He loves us all so much. He became a baby. So that's the that's the refocus point. It is the Sunrise Morning Show. I'm Matt Swaim. Anna Mitchell has news. Paul Lockman at the controls. We've got a video feed running on Facebook and YouTube. You can access that. Travis has got it running through the show notes at sunrisemorningshow.com. We will look at This Week in Catholic History with Kevin Schmeezing. Father Patrick Briscoe will talk about St. Patrick at the Manger. We'll talk to Father John Gavin, a little bit of uh, patristics stuff from him this morning, and Dr. Jared Stout along as well. So a jam-packed hour ahead. Hope you can stay with us. Right now, it is two minutes past. Here's Anna Mitchell with news. Good morning. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin is in Israel today to get an update on the war in Gaza. His visit comes as President Biden has been criticizing Israel over mounting civilian casualties as it tries to destroy Hamas. There have been hints that Israel could move to a lower intensity strategy in the new year. If And if that's the case, Austin wants to hear that plan. Joint Chiefs Chairman General C.Q. Brown Jr. will also be in Israel with Austin for meetings with senior Israeli officials. Pope Francis yesterday made another appeal for peace around the world during his Angelus address, and in particular, the Holy Land, where two Christians in Gaza were recently killed by Israeli snipers. From Vatican Radio, Sister Bernadette Reese reports. Pope Francis condemned an attack on the compound of the Catholic parish, where he said there are no terrorists, but families, children, people who are sick and have disabilities, and nuns. A mother and her daughter were killed, he said, and others were wounded by the shooters while they were going to the bathroom. Some say, this is terrorism, this is war, he said, adding, yes, it is war, it is terrorism. On Saturday, Israeli forces carried out heavy bombardment in the area surrounding Gaza's only Catholic parish. 
The Latin Patriarchate of Jerusalem released a statement saying an Israeli tank fired a rocket which struck the convent of the Missionaries of Charity, destroying the building's generator and setting off a massive blaze that damaged the house. The convent provided shelter and care for 54 people with disabilities who would no longer be able to use their respiratory equipment since the attack destroyed the only generator. Later in the day, an Israeli sniper killed two Christian women who had taken refuge in the Holy Family Church compound. Nahida Khalil Anton, an elderly woman, and her daughter, Samara Kamal Anton, had exited the church building and were walking toward the sisters' convent. One was killed as she tried to carry the other to safety, according to the Patriarchate. The sniper reportedly shot and wounded seven other people as they tried to protect others inside the church compound. No warning was given, said the Patriarchate. They were shot in cold blood inside the premises of the parish where there are no belligerents. I'm Sister Bernadette Reese. A once prominent cardinal has been sentenced to five and a half years in the Vatican jail in what has been called the Vatican trial of the century. Giovanni Angelo Becciu was convicted on multiple counts of embezzlement. He was among 10 defendants accused of a property scheme that prosecutors said swindled millions of dollars from the Vatican. The 75-year-old became the first cardinal to be tried in Vatican City's criminal court. Bechu has denied the charges and his attorneys plan to appeal. Here in the United States, a major storm packing strong winds and heavy rain is threatening holiday travel as it barrels up the East Coast. Forecasters say strong winds, heavy rain and flooding are likely from the mid-Atlantic to New England. Hazardous driving conditions and possible flash flooding is expected across the region throughout the day. The Biden administration is announcing its five-year offshore drilling plan. Brian Shook reports. The Interior Department says between 2024 and 2029, there will be three leases in the waters around the U.S. to allow for drilling. The American Petroleum Institute claimed the plan fails to meet the energy needs of the American people. Environmental groups also took issue with the plan, saying the dangerous cycle of drilling and spilling must end. I'm Brian Shook. And several schools took home hardware as Bulls season kicked off over the weekend. The Ohio Bobcats, my Ohio Bobcats, began Saturday by stomping Georgia Southern 41-21 to in the Myrtle Beach Bowl. I didn't even know that bowl existed. Florida A&M followed up with a 20-26 win over Howard in the Cricket Celebration Bowl. A strong second half led UCLA to a 35-22 to victory over Boise State in the Starco Brands LA Bowl, Texas Tech topped Cal 34-14 in the Radiance Technologies Independence Bowl, and Western Kentucky takes on Old Dominion in the famous Toastery Bowl today. A famous Toastery Bowl. Now, is the is the is it a Toastery Bowl, and that bowl is famous, or is Famous Toastery the name of the brand? That is a great question, Matt. Like a famous Amos Bowl, like, or something like that. Can I mention something about the Myrtle Beach Bowl? Yes, please okay, do. Okay, so I went to Ohio University. As okay, I just did, want to make it on. clear 
Go Can ahead. I, hold on. You're going to really find this interesting. I am going to. My, um, I have a bunch of family members who have. I have uh, an older sister and a younger sister who both went to Ohio University, and I have a, a slew of cousins who went to Ohio University. So one cousin who went to OU, her younger sister went to Georgia Southern. I'm pretty oh. sure. So, so a what a what rival. a crazy! I wish I would have realized this. I need to like check out Facebook and see if they had any bets going or anything. Well, the reason I wanted to to make it clear, I, something to make clear, is that you are a diehard Ohio State University Indeed. fan. Indeed. So there may be some listeners who are confused and think that you went to the Ohio State University when, I in fact, not. you went to Ohio an University. Ohio State <laughs> University. Yeah. That's true. So the definite and indefinite article thing is actually. I was, in fact, a bobcat, but grew up an Ohio State Buckeyes fan. So there you go. And don't worry about my alma mater making it to a bowl game anytime soon. We didn't we didn't even have a football team. No, Asbury basketball and baseball. Oh, that's nice. Very good. A little soccer. Very good. But anyway, congratulations to my Ohio Bobcats. Congrats, Bobcats. Thank you. Thank you very much. Today is Monday, December the 18th, Monday of the third week of Advent. Hope you enjoyed lighting the rose-colored candle yesterday. It's nine past. It's time for our weekly look at This Week in Catholic History here on the Sunrise Morning Show. And our Catholic historian, Kevin Schmeising, back with us for it. He's author of A Catholic Pilgrimage Through American History. Good morning, Kevin. Hey, Anna. Good morning. It is good to have you back. And we head to 1046 and a pope abdicating? I only thought that happened like twice in history. <laughs> it's happened a, a few times, yeah, Annie. This is one of those stories we've covered many over the years from a more chaotic period in papal elections. <laughs> what set the stage was the election of Benedict the Ninth in 1032. He was the nephew of two predecessors, Benedict the Eighth and John the Nineteenth. So this could be seen as literally nepotism. But worse mm. than that, it appears that his election was secured through bribery perpetrated by his father. So at 20 years old, Benedict was, in the words of the Catholic Encyclopedia, a youthful libertine and a disgrace to the chair of Peter. Wow. (laughs) How would you like that to be your legacy? Benedict's unpopularity and rank unsuitability led to his exile from Rome. An anti-pope was put in his place. Then Benedict returned for a while, but finally he decided he wanted to marry and so willingly resigned the papacy, which, as we know, permits a legitimate succession. The man to take his place was John Gratian, known to be a devout and responsible bishop. He became Pope Gregory VI, and with the assistance of his aide Hildebrand, the future great reforming Pope Gregory VII, Gregory VI began working to clean up the church in Rome. But then, further complications. The fickle Benedict IX decided he liked the papacy after all, so he tried to depose Gregory. The anti-pope Sylvester was also still in the picture, so the Council of Sutri was called to sort things out. The claims of Benedict and Sylvester were declared invalid, but there was also an issue with Gregory. As part of the agreement, when he took Benedict's place, he paid a sum of money to compensate the preceding pope for expenses. Gregory did so with good intentions to be rid of a terrible pope, and he didn't see it as simony, which is the purchasing of an ecclesiastical office. But the bishops at Sutri judged it otherwise. They urged Gregory to resign. He did so willingly. It was December 20th this week in 1046. The new pope, Clement II, 
was elected. This makes me so grateful. I thought that 2013 felt chaotic when Benedict XVI abdicated the papacy, but man, it could have been so much more chaotic, as uh, you're clearly indicating here in 1046. Now, uh, let's go to uh, 1843 and some American Catholic history to share with us this morning. Yeah, there's actually a historical marker in Pittsburgh to commemorate the location and date of this event this week in 1843, when the Sisters of Mercy established their first convent in the United States. Venerable Catherine McCauley founded the Sisters of Mercy in Dublin in Ireland in 1831 after she and collaborators opened what they called a House of Mercy to take in, care for, and educate women and children in need. By the time of her death in 1841, the sisters had spread across Ireland. Two years later, they began to spread around the world. As regular listeners know, there was a lot of Irish immigration to the U.S. in the first half of the 19th century, and also great demand in the growing American church for priests and religious sisters. Mother Frances Xavier Ward, one of the founding group of Sisters of Mercy, traveled to the U.S. with six companions. They arrived in Pittsburgh this week, December 21st, 1843. And according to the records, immediately began their apostolate of assisting the city's poor and sick. The congregation expanded rapidly here in the U.S. Within 20 years, there were convents, schools, and hospitals in San Francisco, Chicago, Philadelphia, St. Louis, New Orleans, and elsewhere. They were prominent, prominent among the many Catholic sisters who served as nurses during the Civil War. In fact, among non-Catholics, Sister of Mercy became kind of a catch-all term for a nursing sister. Today, the Sisters of Mercy remain the largest order in the U.S. with more than 2,000 sisters, and they remain involved in education and health care, as evidenced by the many schools and hospitals with mercy in their titles. They got their start in this country this week in 1843. Well, a big happy anniversary to the Sisters of Mercy and to anyone working in health care, particularly in the Mercy Hospital system. Founded this day... Well, this week in 1843, we've been talking to our Catholic historian, Kevin Schmeising. You can find his book, A Catholic Pilgrimage Through American History, linked at sunrisemorningshow.com alongside his podcast, The Catholic History Trek Podcast. Kevin, it was good to talk to you. Thank you so much. You too, Anna. Thank you. You bet. All right, let's take a look at weather across the nation. Lots of people getting ready to hit the road ahead of Christmas a week from today. And, well, it doesn't look like weather is going to be cooperating for many people. Steady rain and windy conditions will be in store throughout the day along the New England coastline. Along the mid-Atlantic coastline, showers expected to end by midday. Further inland, a mix of rain and snow is likely with heavy snow in the West Virginia high country as well as off the shores of Lake Erie in Ohio, Pennsylvania, and New York. Light snow will fall in portions of Wisconsin, Michigan, and Indiana. These snow showers will taper off by evening. Rain showers will be falling throughout the day along the West Coast. In the interior northwest, a mix of rain and snow can be expected beginning this afternoon. And otherwise, you can expect dry weather if you live in the Rockies, the desert southwest, the plains, lower Mississippi Valley, and Gulf Coast. It's quarter past now on the Sunrise Morning Show. We're back with headlines right after this. Are you looking for peace, longing for joy, want to meet the giver of all goodness? God is calling the laity to bring Ignatian prayer into the suffering world. Work for the new evangelization. Go to lordteachmetopray.com. 
Order your free digital training and manual. Find true happiness and everlasting joy. Go to LordTeachMeToPray.com and click on the red button today. It's free. Approved by the USCCB. Support for the Sunrise Morning Show is from Visiting Angels. Visiting Angels provides experienced, compassionate care to millions of aging adults nationwide by keeping them safe and healthy in the comfort of their own home. Whether it's a short break for caregivers or for long-term assistance, Visiting Angels provides hygiene, meals, light housework, companionship, and more. And services are available up to 24 hours per day. Visiting Angels, online at visitingangels.com. That's visitingangels.com. Franchise opportunities available. Are you expecting the kids to wake you up at the crack of dawn on Christmas morning? Make that experience more bearable by treating yourself to some Mystic Monk coffee. They have a number of Christmas blends available. And when you go to Mystic Monk Coffee through the link at sunrisemorningshow.com, you earn us a commission. Make Christmas morning even better by drinking your coffee with a Sunrise Morning Show mug available in our online store. Browse our mugs and link to Mystic Monk Coffee at sonrisemorningshow.com. That's sunrisemorningshow.com. The Messy Family Podcast empowers mom and dads to embrace their sacred calling by helping you become a good parent and a great spouse. You can hear the Messy Family Podcast as well as faith-filled podcasts from our friends and affiliates across the nation, all in one place, all free at EWTN Podcast Central. Visit EWTNradio.net slash podcasts today. 17 minutes past the hour. Here's Anna Mitchell with headlines. Appeals for peace are getting louder from church leaders after two Christians and two Israeli hostages in Gaza were recently killed by Israeli soldiers. Once prominent Cardinal Angelo Beichu has been sentenced to five and a half years in a Vatican jail after being convicted on multiple counts of embezzlement. And a major storm packing strong winds and heavy rain is threatening holiday travel as it's barreling up the East Coast. News at the top and bottom of each hour every weekday morning here on the Sunrise Morning Show. Uh, Anna Mitchell, I just got uh, a note from the other the other room overhearing our conversation about you going to an Ohio State ver- uh, University rather than mm-hmm. the Ohio State University and Correct. immediately yeah. got a message from my wife, Colleen who wanted to make sure to that I mentioned that she went to the Catholic University of America oh, and not me, just yes. a Catholic university in America. Good for her. So shout out to the, <laughs> the Catholic University of America. Yes. Listening. All you grads. Lots of lots of connections there. Lots You're going to be talking to somebody across the street from the Catholic University of That's America. That's right. Father Briscoe here in yeah. just a moment. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I want to also point out, speaking of her, that... Uh, so today is Monday, December 18th. It was on this date, since we just did some Kevin Schmeezing this week in Catholic history. This date in 2004, she and I got married. Oh, my so, gosh. Wow, you're coming up. You're on 19 years 19 years. Wow. 19 years. Wow. Congratulations. So, That's awesome. And I think she's... She's sick today, but that was actually covered in the vows, so we're still good. Oh, good. In sickness... And in yes, health. that's all covered. Fantastic. So all you uh, all you youngsters out I won't ask you what there, you're getting her because she's listening clearly and you don't want no, to spoil it. I wouldn't tell you anyway. Of course not. But uh, <laughs> I will say this, that some people out there wonder, you know, is it possible, you know, to 
to, to really pull marriage off. If you knew what an idiot I am and how I made it to 19 years, I'm just saying don't despair. Don't despair. Anything is, is possible. It's Anything true. is possible. The moron like me. The graces are real. Yeah. They are indeed. They are they real. They are indeed. Admaltos so, Anos. Yeah, awesome. I, didn't even, I didn't even know you back then or we would have invited you to the wedding. I know. Yeah, this is before my time. Before your swings. time. There was no Sunrise Morning Show at the time. That, that would come crazy. like two and a half years later. Wow, wow, wow. It was uh, just a young punk. You know, trying to live my life. I wasn't. I, I was actually in the middle of RCIA at the time. That's so. Because cool. that was December. Yeah. It wouldn't be until the following spring, a few months later, in uh, March of 2005, that I would actually enter the church. So we didn't even have a mass. Yeah. Uh, we had a deacon preside, and. Uh, but it was a mutual love of Chesterton that brought you two together. That was in the a big part. Place, actually, right? yeah. actually, it was a mutual love of one another. <laughs> <laughs> I meant in the first place. It's 21 past. I'm Father Rob Jack. Join me this afternoon for Driving Home the Faith when Sean McAfee will discuss his new book, The Compendium of Sacramentals. Alvin Louie will share the latest news from his parents' project, Courage is a Habit. I'll begin my reflection on the second O Anaphon, O Adonai. There's frequent traffic and weather to get you home safely. That's this afternoon beginning at 4 on Sacred Heart Radio. You're on the road to Christ. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Bright Lights. St. Teresa in Bright, Indiana is hosting a free drive-through Christmas light display every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, 6 to 10 p.m., now through January 6th. More information at brightlightsindiana.com. All are precious in God's sight, no matter our age, race, ability, or residence. Yet many lives are threatened, especially in the womb. Cincinnati Right to Life works to protect the good gift of life at every age and every stage. For more information, go to cincinnatirighttolife.org. St. Michael's Rosaries and Religious Articles, a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio, can help you share your faith in style with high-quality socks and T-shirts featuring your favorite saints and the Blessed Mother. St. Michael's Rosaries in beautiful Miamisburg or online at stmichaelscustomrosaries.com. Support us from Andiamo Artisan Bakery in Hamilton's German Village, featuring authentic Italian cookies and sweets to grace your table during the holidays. From their signature Sicilian almond paste cookies to cannoli and tiramisu, celebrate the season with the flavors of chocolate, walnut, and fig. Order in store or online at andiamo-artisan-bakery.com. That's A-N-D-I-A-M-O, andiamo-artisan-bakery.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Sunset Janitorial Supply, a Catholic family business supplying the tri-state cleaning industry with commercial cleaning supplies, personal hygiene, equipment, and even machine repair. Free delivery to your business. More information at sunsetjanitorialsupply.com. The Sunrise Morning Show continues in this very short run up to Christmas. This is the last full week of Advent. You're only going to get like a few hours of the fourth Sunday of Advent. Then we're right into Christmas Eve. So lots to think about as we get down the home stretch. I'm Matt Swaim, joined now by Father Patrick Briscoe, and he is with our Sunday visitors. Tons of great resources over there. And he's written a piece on praying with St. Patrick at the manger. Father Patrick, good morning. Hey, good morning, Matt. How are you? Aren't we supposed to wait a few months before we start talking about St. Patrick? It seems a little early. Yeah, I didn't pick the piece for today, you know, but uh, but sure, I'm happy to talk about everything that I'm writing about. <laughs> 
Well, it's interesting to me for a number of reasons, and uh, one of them you point out right at the beginning that uh, Patrick and his connection to the manger starts with the fact that, I mean, St. Patrick was a shepherd, right? Yeah, absolutely. And so that's kind of what I, that's kind of what I was thinking about, praying about. We're starting to see nativity scenes set up. Maybe you've already got one up in your home. Um, they're, you know, we're starting to see them out in front of our churches as our preparations for Christmas continue. And so I was just sort of thinking about the different figures of the nativity, and the shepherds are the are the ones that kind of caught my mind, caught my heart uh, as I was as I was. Uh, preparing uh, for, for some for some of my Christmas writing and I realized in in chatting about it with a friend um, that it was an Im- important moment to think about a different shepherd um, you know Saint Patrick who of course had his encounter with God it was not too dissimilar from the shepherds of the gospel who encountered the Christ child and so that's why I thought oh this is a great opportunity to begin to think about uh, maybe St. Patrick's breastplate, his prayer in a, in a different light. Well, uh, I, we can get to the breastplate in a minute because that's uh, once I started thinking about that after I saw your piece, I was like, man, there's a lot in here you can connect to Christmas. But I also think about uh, Patrick and his evangelization of a pagan culture. I mean, what must it have been like for him to talk to these people who worshipped in a lot of ways like nature or the sun to say, no, God is a person. He's a person. He was Jesus is actually born right into a human body. Like what an what a wild thing it must have been for him to try and explain this to a culture who had only known paganism and nature worship. Yeah, I think that's right. And and we're seeing we're seeing that more and more even in our own day as more and more of our contemporaries are just just raised in something foreign from Christianity or or a version of Christianity where they don't where they don't really meet the Lord, where they don't know Jesus as a person. So I, so I think uh, you know, as as you say, Patrick's experience was was pretty radical in in the work that he was called to do to convert Ireland. Um, but it's increasingly not dissimilar from the work that we're called to do in the, in the world around us, as as more and more uh, more and more of our contemporaries don't actually understand who Jesus was or or really have any knowledge of him. Well, it's interesting. Now I want to get to the breastplate because there are people who know pieces and chunks of the breastplate, but when you read it as, as a whole, it's uh, there's a lot of Trinitarian stuff in it. A lot of uh, I mean, St. Patrick is known for this um, advocacy of the Trinity, uh, trying to explain the Trinity. And uh, I mean, you can't explain the Trinity without saying that the Word became flesh and (laughs) dwelt among us. I mean, Christmas is an essential part of this question. But as you were going through the breastplate of St. Patrick, what were some of the lines that you you really focused on to to think about this idea of how St. Patrick must have thought about, you know, the Lord being born in Bethlehem? Yeah, and, and uh, I think I'd, I'd just follow follow that up and say not just St. Patrick, but how we can think about it too, right? When we're when we're when we're there at the crib, the incarnation, the birth of Jesus, is such an all-consuming event that it it just just takes over the horizon of history and changes everything around us. And so I I love this idea that that Patrick's prayer. Um, can be can be backed up or, or located at this moment of of the nativity at this moment where Jesus is really born where Christ 
just becomes our all, where, where Christ is all around us, where he is before us, behind us, where he is beneath us, where he is above us. And so, so taking those words of St. Patrick, uh, Christ before me, Christ beneath me, Christ under me, Christ behind me, um, to, to understand how final, how grand, uh, how, how all-consuming, all how total the, the, the moment of the nativity of Jesus is. Well, we think about the hymn that uh, everybody sort of defaults to for the first four Sundays of Advent because you can't really do Christmas songs yet. And O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, right? And what does Emmanuel mean but God with us? And what communicates God with us better than saying Christ with me, Christ before me, Christ behind me, Christ above me, on my right, in the heart of every man who thinks of me, in the mouth of everyone who speaks with me? I mean, that is God with us. Absolutely, no, absolutely, and I, I think that, uh, I think that part of what St. Patrick's experience uh, would have been, as a shepherd, would have been to know how consoling that presence is. I mean, but a huge part of being a shepherd is being lonely, right, and tending to the flocks and having to face uh, all, all the trials of nature. And I think that I think that many of those themes um, are still, especially germane. Uh, think about how many people are going to be lonely as Christmas approaches, how many people are really at risk, uh, thinking of the Christians in the Holy Land especially, that are really they're really subject to powers far 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 beyond uh, their own their own strength. And there's a way there's a way that that just givenness to God um, that, that St. Patrick and the other shepherds had um, needs to be needs to be appreciated and imitated by us all. Well, you, we've got your uh, piece. It's called Praying with St. Patrick at the Manger. It's at Our Sunday Visitor, and you can find it through sunrisemorningshow.com in the show notes. Father Briscoe, thank you so much, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much for having me on, Mac. God bless. Again, check the show notes at sunrisemorningshow.com. Find all kinds of things, including our video stream. It is half past the hour. Here's Anna Mitchell with news. Good morning. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin is in Israel today to get an update on the war in Gaza. His visit comes as President Biden and many others have been criticizing Israel over mounting civilian casualties as Israel tries to destroy Hamas. There have been hints that Israel could move to a lower intensity strategy in the new year. And if that's the case, Austin says he wants to hear that plan. Joint Chiefs Chairman General C.Q. Brown Jr. will also be in Israel with Austin for meetings with senior Israeli officials. Meanwhile, the appeals for peace are growing louder from church leaders after two Christians and two Israeli hostages in Gaza were recently killed by Israeli soldiers. The president of the U.S. Bishops, Archbishop Timothy Brolio, released a statement saying, quote, such violence must not continue following the mistaken killing of Israeli hostages and now the killing of two Christian women and the wounding of others inside Holy Family Parish in Gaza. We call for an immediate cessation of all hostilities, the release of hostages, and for earnest negotiations toward a peaceful solution of this conflict, end quote. He said at this time, at this holy time of Advent, in anticipation of the birth of the Prince of Peace, it is with great sadness and horror that we continue to witness the death and destruction of innocent people in the land of our Lord's birth. Pope Francis, for his part, made another appeal for peace during his Angelus address yesterday. He said, let us not forget our brothers and sisters suffering from war in Ukraine and Palestine and Israel and in other conflict zones. He said, may the approach of Christmas 
strengthen the commitment to open paths of peace. In his Angelus Address Catechesis, the Holy Father reflected on the Sunday Gospel reading, focusing on what it means that John the Baptist testifies to the light. From Vatican Radio, Thaddeus Jones reports. Looking at the nature of John's testimony and the light to which he refers, the Pope explained that John the Baptist's testimony came through his frank language, his sincere behavior, and his austerity of life. People flocked to meet and hear the Baptist, the Pope recalled, especially due to his consistent and sincere way of being, making him different from the famous and powerful who cultivated their appearances more than their character. And in every age, the Lord sends men and women like this, he said. And do we recognize them? Do we learn from their witness, allowing ourselves to be challenged? Giovanni, invece, è luminoso in quanto testimonia la luce. The Pope said John's luminous nature came from his testifying to the light of Christ, of Jesus coming into the world, the Lamb of God, God who saves. Recalling that John himself told the crowds that he was not the light or the Messiah, but the voice who accompanies his brothers and sisters to the word. The Pope said John the Baptist's witness shows us that only in God do we find the light of life, and that by God's grace we can be a lamp that shines and helps others find the way to meet Jesus through our service to others, humility, and the integrity of our lives. In conclusion, the Pope suggested we ask ourselves how we in our daily lives can give witness in the here and now to the light of Christ in these days leading to Christmas and beyond. And he prayed that may Mary, mirror of holiness, help us be men and women who reflect Jesus, the light who comes into the world. Following the recitation of the Angelus Prayer, Pope Francis greeted the many families there with their children present who brought little statuettes of the child Jesus to be blessed on Bambinelli Sunday, a tradition started by St. Pope Paul VI over 50 years ago. I'm Therese Jones. A once prominent cardinal has been sentenced to five and a half years in a Vatican jail in what's been described as the Vatican trial of the century. Cardinal Angelo Becciu was convicted on multiple counts of embezzlement. The former cardinal was um, not the former cardinal. The cardinal was among 10 defendants accused of a property scheme that prosecutors said swindled millions of dollars from the Vatican. The 75-year-old became the first cardinal to be tried in Vatican City's criminal court. Beichu has denied the charges and his attorney plans to appeal. A major storm packing strong winds and heavy rain is threatening holiday travel as it barrels up the East Coast, forecasters say. Strong winds, heavy rain, and flooding are likely from the mid-Atlantic to New England. That's the news. It's 35 minutes past the hour. Put your money where your heart is. Do business with someone who shares your faith and values. From Sacred Heart Radio's Angels List of Underwriters. And don't forget to tell them where you found out about them. Go to sacredheartradio.com and click Angels List. This is Chris Knockelman, owner of Schneller Knockelman Plumbing, Heating, and Air. Our family has been a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio for more than a decade, and we encourage other businesses to do the same. Find us at skpha.com. 
S-K-P-H-A.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Bright Lights. St. Teresa in Bright, Indiana is hosting a free drive through Christmas light display every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, 6 to 10 p.m., now through January 6th. More information at brightlightsindiana.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Trinity Church Supply, providing church supplies and religious gifts worldwide. From Catholic greeting cards, books, and willow tree to sterling silver medals, rosaries, sacramental gifts, and statues. Trinity Church Supply, 5479 North Bend Road. It's 24 minutes before the hour on this Monday of the third week of Advent, December the 18th. Your forecast is brought to you on Sacred Heart Catholic Radio by Schneller Nockerman Plumbing, Heating, and Air online at skpha.com. Get ready for some snow today. Right now it's pretty windy outside with temperatures in the mid to upper 30s as you're heading out the door. For Cincinnati, scattered snow showers today with gusty winds and falling temperatures, a high of 36. Mostly to partly cloudy tonight with an overnight low of 22. Mostly sunny tomorrow, not as windy with a high of 35. For the Miami Valley-Dayton area, variably cloudy today with snow showers and a high of 36. Partly cloudy tonight with an overnight low of 22. Morning flurry, then a mix of sun and clouds tomorrow and a high of 34 degrees. This is Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. It's 37 minutes past the hour. You're listening to the Sunrise Morning Show on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. So happy to have you along with us for the ride this morning. Father John Gavin back with us now on the Sunrise Morning Show. He's author of Mysteries of the Lord's Prayer. Good morning, Father. Good morning. So we are going to be talking about a Christmas Christomathy. Did I pronounce that correctly? Yes. Christomathy yes. that you wrote a few years back uh, for your students. What is a Christomathy, first of all? So, so new vocabulary word today, maybe, maybe for some. Uh, Christomathy is a collection of short phrases or writings, often from the same author, but perhaps from a collection of authors that would be used uh, to help one learn a language. Mm. So they would often be like, you know, if you're trying to learn French, you'd have a whole collection of short uh, phrases and things from famous authors or an author, and then you could study that and learn learn a uh, language from that. So there was, it was a tool that goes quite far back. And I just put this together for a talk for my students. Oh, this was maybe seven or eight years ago even. Uh, that uh, the language I wanted to teach was, in fact, the language of Advent and Christmas. And the collection of writers that I put together, or short phrases, all come from the fathers of the Church. So I call it a Christmas Christomathy. Nice. And so um, the language of Advent, this, you kind of, is it kind of like an acrostic poem? Would you say that that's a good way to, to sort of compare it? Well, at least that's what I did. So uh, as an added feature to it, each phrase from one of the fathers in this list uh, has a capital letter in bold, and it spells out natus est, he is born. For the whole phrase, it's puer natus est, uh, for uh, a child is born to us. So 
Uh, yeah, that was something a little extra I threw in. Well, you've got a bunch of options when it comes to the church fathers speaking on the nativity. So how did you choose the the quotes that you did? I guess getting the right letter to begin with was, was <laughs> part of it anyway. Sure. I mean, I had to make it work in English as opposed to their original languages. But uh, yes, I, I, the fathers that I have selected here are all... Uh, I mean, all the fathers speak about the nativity of our Lord, and the ones that I chose here are perhaps very well known for uh, their preaching and teaching on the Incarnation. So uh, Pope St. Leo the Great, St. Augustine, St. Maximus the Confessor, uh, St. Ephraim the Syrian, uh, St. Hippolytus, uh, all of them uh, have writings on the Incarnation, but preach very eloquently on uh, the truth and the joy of this great mystery. That's awesome. So why don't you take us through the quotes that you chose, Father? Okay, uh, we'll see how many we get to. Uh, well, the first one is from St. Leo the Great. He says, uh, no one is kept from sharing in this happiness of the birth of the Lord. There is for all one common measure of joy. Mm. And, of course, St. Leo the Great, the great defender of the two natures of Christ, is speaking of the universality of this great feast, that God became man uh, not just in that particular, for the people of that particular time or that particular place, but for all persons. I mean, we are celebrating it now, 2,000 years later, as uh, the uh, celebration of our salvation. Uh, so... He preaches this universality of this great feast. Then if we go to St. Augustine, I've got him in here a couple of times. Uh, this is a good one for this hour of the morning. He starts out, Awake, mankind. For your sake, God has become man. Awake, you who sleep, rise up from the dead, and Christ will enlighten you. I tell you again, for your sake, God became man. Mm. And it's wonderful. These have been, of course, the theme in uh, many of our readings at Mass recently, to be awake, to be attentive, uh, because what we are celebrating in this feast, uh, yes, we look to the past, the birth of our Lord, and we look toward the coming of Christ, but we celebrate that now in the life of the Church and experience that now. Uh, so he's telling us, yeah, wake up. Absolutely. Um, I Actually, I... I want to just throw in a quick comment here that maybe you can reflect on. Um, mm. I love the juxtaposition, the juxtaposition of these two quotes um, being next to each other, Father, because you have this idea of this was for everyone, for all, but it mm. was also for me. Um, yes. This this kind of corporate and individual focus on on why the Lord came. That's a very good point. I mean, St. Leo says no one, no one person is uh, outside of what has been done for us uh, in this coming of our Lord. And uh, right, so it's it's something for all of humanity, but then each one of us uh, is incorporated into the body of Christ. Yeah. So that's that's a wonderful point. Well, tell us, uh, your boy, St. Maximus, confess the confessor, uh, what he had to say. I had to get him in here somewhere. Yes, of uh, so <laughs> he talks about, well, he's, uh, we're now on T of Natus here. So the great mystery of the divine incarnation remains a mystery forever. 
how can the Word made flesh be essentially the same person that is holy with the Father? Mm. Uh, Maximus brings us, yes, we are. this is a, a very earthy feast, obviously, our Lord becoming flesh. But Maximus reminds us of the deep mystery behind the Incarnation, that, that this is God <laughs> who yeah. has become flesh, wow. uh, the one who is holy with the Father. And so he brings us to the, the uh, to the contemplation of the mystery of what is taking place in this great feast. And uh, some of the most beautiful poetry on the Nativity comes from Saint Ephraim. Yes, uh, just because he, you can you can sing what he wrote. Uh, he, has, he is a theologian of song and poetry, and he says, "Unless our Savior has come, the prophet's words have been falsified." Blessed be the true one who came from the father of the truth and fulfilled the true seer's words. Wow. Uh, he's reminding us, as we, well, we've been hearing and again in our mass readings, that uh, the prophets were foretelling this great moment. I mean, we could not see clearly what it was in their words until our Lord came. And yet now we can read Isaiah and the prophets and see them pointing to this great feast. Uh, even today we were in the Oh, antiphons now, of course, and uh, today, uh, today's antiphon, Oh Adonai, speaks of uh, the uh, of Moses and the reception of the law, and then our redemption uh, foreshadowed in that. And so, even when we look to Moses and the Old Testament, always preaching and pointing to the coming of our Lord. Beautiful. Well, let's get Natus all the way in before we run out of time here. I love this quote you include from St. Hippolytus. Sure. Uh, So he writes, So then, let us look at what Scripture proclaims. Let us discover what its teaching is. He who formerly had been visible only to God and visible to the world was now made visible, so that through this manifestation the world could see him and be saved. Uh, I think the, uh, a world that, that was seeking to see the face of God in the Incarnation at last comes to see God and God in the flesh. And this is to be our future joy, of course, uh, the beatific vision, to, to see God face to face in that union. It's an incredible thought, and we get a little glimpse of it when we take a glimpse at the Eucharist at every Mass. Mm. Of course, we've been talking to Father John Gavin. And Father, with your permission, could I put this up on uh, social media to let folks uh, see the est part of Natus Est? Sure, absolutely. Fantastic. I'll put it up on our Facebook page over at sonrisemorningshow.com, which is where you can find Father John Gavin and his book, Mysteries of the Lord's Prayer, linked. Father, thank you. And have a blessed Christmas. You do the same, Father. Thank you so much. All right, Dr. Jared Stout joins us next. It's 14 till. Support is from Solidarity HealthShare. Do you have an insurance plan that pays for everything, even things that violate your beliefs? Have you ever felt there has to be a better way, but didn't know you had any options? If you answered yes, I've got some good news for you. There is a better way and a more affordable way. Solidarity HealthShare can save you hundreds of dollars each month while actually supporting your beliefs. Because the best news is that Solidarity HealthShare costs a whole lot less than insurance. It's time to jump in and put your money where your faith is and put some money back into your wallet at the same time. 
Join Solidarity HealthShare, a faith-based healthcare sharing community. Prices start as low as $384 a month for families. Call to see how much you can save. 844-334-3245. That's 844-334-3245. Solidarity HealthShare. 844-334-3245. Business owners are starting to think outside the box to find new customers. You can reach millions of engaged Catholic listeners by underwriting the Sunrise Morning Show. Each weekday morning, listeners across the U.S. and around the globe can hear your message for your business, ministry, or nonprofit on the Sunrise Morning Show. To find out how it works, email me, Leah, at sacredheartradio.com. That's Leah at sacredheartradio.com. Are you a new listener to EWTN Radio? Welcome. We're here for you 24-7. You'll hear live and interactive shows throughout the day to answer any questions you may have about the Catholic faith. There's trustworthy news from a Catholic perspective. And a large selection of podcasts available at EWTN's Podcast Central. And, of course, the daily mass, prayers, and everything you need to edify your soul. Welcome to EWTN Radio. We're blessed to have you with us. I'm spiritual, but do I have to be religious? Join me, Dr. David Andrews, as we answer your questions on Call to Communion today at 2 p.m. Eastern. Now, back to the Sunrise Morning Show. Dr. Jared Stout joining us now on the Sunrise Morning Show. We've been going through his book, How the Eucharist Can Save Civilization from Tan Books. Dr. Stout, good morning. Welcome back. Good morning. It is good to have you. And uh, we're going to be talking about Sort of, I guess you could say the various ways in which we can describe the mass and why it is that we we do have these kind of alternate descriptions for the mass. So first of all, we call it the Eucharist. So why can mass and Eucharist be sort of interchanged? Well, the mass is a kind of nickname, you know, and Eastern Catholics call it the divine liturgy. The word liturgy is a work that is done on behalf of the people, kind of like a public work, you know, that a government might mm -hmm. do. Um, so the divine liturgy is the work of Christ on our behalf. And in the West, we call it the mass from the, the, the phrase at the end, you know, we just say in English, go, the mass has ended. Um, but in Latin, it's ite misa est. Mm. So in English, we kind of say the mass, quote unquote, as if it were a thing. But in Latin, is called, you know, the Misa, so Ite Misa Est. And, you know, nobody quite knows what that means. So it's kind of funny that the Mass has a nickname that we don't fully understand. Ite Misa Est means go, like these things have been sent, but Misa is plural and Est is singular. So it, it, it like doesn't even work, <laughs> the phrase, but it kind of means that, you know, in this sending that something is going forth. Is it the congregation? Is it the Eucharist? We don't know, but that kind of adds to the mystery of it. Mm. Ite misa est. And so the mass is the misa. Um, and, and when we are dismissed, it's not like, hey, it's it's over, so you can go now. I think that's kind of how we interpret it. But the word I, misa, I, the sorry, sending. Sorry, can I interrupt for a second just yeah. to tell you? There's, yeah, yeah. Uh, I happen to know, um, and you actually know, an Eastern Catholic priest. I, I heard um, some of the, the Easterns think it's so funny that we say, you know, the Mass is ended, and then everybody proclaims, thanks be to God. 
<laughs> Seriously, like, right? Thank God it's over, you know. Anyway, sorry. That's what it I sounds like, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, But But ite misa es, the sending, is it's kind of like a mission, you know? Misio is when something is sent. It's like a mission. And so the Mass kind of ends with a mission. Mm-hmm. You know, what this thing is, is that you are receiving the Lord into your life. You are becoming like this temple, this tabernacle, and now you're being sent out. So there is something deeper and more mystical here, but I think we've kind of lost that. And I think that's why we're even adding these taglines now, you know? Dude, you're not kidding. You know, go forth to do these things. It's trying to recapture this idea of the mission. Yeah. And so you could, in a way, you could say the mass is a mission. Yeah. Glorifying the Lord by your life. I'm trying to think what Something like that, you know, but there's even alternate, there's other ones you can say too. That's the most common now. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk more about... The Mass as a sacrifice. How is it a sacrifice? Well, the word sacrifice means to make holy, literally, right, in Latin. Mm -hmm. Sacrum uh, ficium, to make holy. Um, And when you offer something to God, it makes it holy. So you can think that, you know, if you were raising sheep and you, you bring a sheep and you say, Lord, I give this to you, then that sheep is no longer yours. It's no longer an ordinary thing. It now belongs to God. It's holy. So in the Mass, you know, there there are really two offerings. We come and we make our own offering or sacrifice of the bread and wine. That's the offertory prayers, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, Blessed are you, you know, Lord. And that's our prayer. But ultimately, it becomes the sacrifice of Christ, right? So Jesus takes up the, the offering of the bread and wine that we make. Um, and, he, and he transforms it into the offering of his body, blood, soul, and divinity, this offering of his complete self to the Father. Now, that happened once on the cross, and this offering, of course, is, is completed by the vindication of the resurrection. But that one offering is made present anew in the Mass, right? It's new to us, right? Because we're coming and this one offering is made present to us. Um, and so the Council of Trent says that this is a, a, a unique sacrifice, not the sacrifice of Jesus that's once, but the fact that we are coming at this particular time to join our own prayers to that one offering of Christ, this makes it a new sacrifice. Hmm. And it's not simply the offering of Jesus's body, blood, soul, and divinity to the Father, because we are members of Christ's body. And so it becomes an offering of us because we are part of the one Christ as his members. And so we are drawn into this. The the whole Christ, head and members, is offered, made holy, right? That's what sacrifice means, where you're made holy in this gift of our entire selves to the Father. You know, I'm glad you keep bringing up this idea about it being made holy, because I think this is where a, a lot of misunderstanding comes. And, and I think this is something that, that Pope Benedict brings out very well, or Cardinal Ratzinger at the time in, in the spirit of the liturgy about um, defining what it means to be a sacrifice, because we often think of sacrifice being something is destroyed, but that's not what this is. You know, often in the Old Testament, something might be destroyed. You know, there, there are different kinds of sacrifice. And sure. There's the burnt offering, of course, of the Holocaust. And so if we want to say we're giving this completely and utterly over to you, 
that is destructive in a way, right? Because we're removing this from the world to say it belongs mm-hmm. only to you. But there were other offerings in the Old Testament, like a, a cereal offering, which would be made with like these flat cakes, you know, and then they would actually be consumed after the sacrifice. Huh. And, and in a way, both of these things are happening at the Mass, right? There is this complete gift of Jesus in a way that, you know, it, it signifies his death. He did say, I'm giving my life wholly to you, Father, and it's going to be withdrawn from the world because it's given completely and utterly to you. I'm not holding anything back. But at the same time, right, he rose from the dead. Like this this was this complete gift, this holocaust of Jesus' life could not actually deprive him of life, right? Mm -hmm. He's given it back. Um, And in that restoration of life, we actually are able then to have this this kind of communion in this meal, um, just like the cereal offering. What was it made of? A flat cake, right? Mm -hmm. And when we receive the offering of the Eucharist um, of this unleavened bread, right, we are receiving the resurrected life of Jesus. So even though his life was given over completely to the Father, we have it back. Right, and now it nourishes us in this covenant meal. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Jared Stout. You can find his book, How the Eucharist Can Save Civilization, linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. We got another hour of the Sunrise Morning Show coming up next for most of our affiliates here on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network and for anyone listening via the Sunrise Morning Show app, which, by the way, you can download through our website, sonrisemorningshow.com. Back after this. If you're planning to give an end-of-the-year gift to Sacred Heart Radio, we are grateful. And there are several ways to give, including a stock gift through your IRA or a donor-advised fund. There's planned giving, employee matching funds. You can send a check, donate online, and more. Contact your financial advisor for more information on the tax benefits of donating to Sacred Heart Radio. And to see and read about all the ways to give, visit sacredheartradio.com and click on Ways to Give. A wedding is a day. A marriage is a lifetime. Catholic Engaged Encounter Weekends are a marriage preparation program led by married couples and a priest or deacon. This is time for a couple to learn about each other and their upcoming marriage. Based on communication, intimacy, and the family they grew up in. Find out more at cincinnati-covington.engagedencounter.com. That's cincinnati-covington.engagedencounter.com. Pregnancy Center West is committed to protecting the unborn by encouraging women to see and choose the beauty of life while offering practical assistance for them and their families. Donate securely online at supportpcw.org. That's supportpcw.org. Support comes from On a Mission to Love. For books, handcrafted gifts for baptism, communion, confirmation, wedding, birthdays, and more. All deeply based in the rosary and devotion to our Holy Mother. Onamissiontolove.com. That's onamissiontolove.com. Support is from Solidarity HealthShare. Is inflation making you feel frustrated and out of control when it comes to your expenses? We have a solution. It's Solidarity HealthShare. With Solidarity HealthShare, you control what doctors you go to and how much you spend with pricing options that start as low as $384 for families. Take control of your health care and your budget with Solidarity HealthShare. 855-954-5688. Solidarity HealthShare. 855-954-5688. Our bodies are a gift of God, a temple of the Holy Spirit. Just as the human body ought to be treated with respect and dignity in life, so it is meant to be treated after death. 
The Cincinnati Catholic Cemetery Society can help make advance arrangements with their Catholic funeral plan. Pre-planning is especially important to those preparing to enroll in Medicare. It also ensures that you make the arrangements you want, leaving your family without the hardship of planning while grieving. Find out more at 557-2306, extension 319, or online at cccsohio.org. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Bright Lights. St. Teresa in Bright, Indiana is hosting a free drive through Christmas light display every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, 6 to 10 p.m., now through January 6th. More information at brightlightsindiana.com. I'm Father Chet Artishevitz of the Glen Mary Home Missioners, and thank you so much for listening to Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. 740 WNOP Newport, 910 WPFB Middletown, or get the app, stream, podcast, and more at sacredheartradio.com. Continue on this 18th day of the month of December. It is a Monday morning in the last full week of Advent. Let's pray together in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Lord, you are of the house and line of David. Reward all who hope in you, Son of God and Son of David. You are the gift of God's love to those who waited long in faith. Strengthen our faith as we look forward to the celebration of your coming. You have opened to us the Father's house where there are many dwelling places. Bring us to the home you have prepared for us. Lord Jesus Christ, you are the long-awaited ruler of the earth. Through the example and intercession of Mary and Joseph, prepare our hearts to receive you with joy and to serve you faithfully, who live and reign with the Father in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. It is a better way to start a Monday morning. The Sunrise Morning Show here on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Matt Swain. Anna Mitchell has news. Paul Lockman at the controls. Travis has a video feed up and running. You can check that out. It's on Facebook and YouTube. But the easiest thing to do is click through the show notes at sunrisemorningshow.com. Up this hour, we have the stuff that you're not going to get on other Catholic radio stations. Well, first of all, well, actually... You probably will get this on a few other Catholic radio stations, but you're not going to get it on anywhere else besides that. Uh, so Brendan Hodge is going to be on from the pillar, and he's done some statistical analysis on the various combinations you can do uh, since the fourth Sunday of Advent falls on Christmas Eve to uh, make sure that you make your Sunday obligation and make your Christmas day of obligation. He's got all the different configurations so you can pick one and which one works best for you and your family. We'll check in with Teresa Tamio from EWTN and Ave Maria Radio's Catholic Connection. Bear Wozniak's going to be along to talk about endurance and uh, why that's such an important trait to develop. And then Stephanie Mann along at the end of the hour as well. So stay with us if you can. Right now it's two minutes past. News of service of Central Fabricators and centralfabricators.com. Here's Anna Mitchell. Good morning. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin is in Israel today to get an update on the war in Gaza. His visit comes as President Biden and many others have been criticizing Israel over mounting civilian casualties as it continues to try to destroy Hamas. There have been hints that Israel could move to a lower intensity strategy in the new year 
And if that's the case, Austin says he wants to hear the plan. The chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, General C.Q. Brown Jr., is also going to be in Israel with Austin for meetings with senior Israeli officials. Pope Francis made another appeal for peace during his Angelus address yesterday after two Christians and two Israeli hostages in Gaza were recently killed by Israeli soldiers. From Vatican Radio, Sister Bernadette Reese reports. Pope Francis condemned an attack on the compound of the Catholic parish where he said there are no terrorists, but families, children, people who are sick and have disabilities, and nuns. A mother and her daughter were killed, he said, and others were wounded by the shooters while they were going to the bathroom. Some say, this is terrorism, this is war, he said adding, yes, it is war, it is terrorism. On Saturday, Israeli forces carried out heavy bombardment in the area surrounding Gaza's only Catholic parish. The Latin Patriarchate of Jerusalem released a statement saying an Israeli tank fired a rocket which struck the convent of the Missionaries of Charity, destroying the building's generator and setting off a massive blaze that damaged the house. The convent provided shelter and care for 54 people with disabilities who would no longer be able to use their respiratory equipment since the attack destroyed the only generator. Later in the day, an Israeli sniper killed two Christian women who had taken refuge in the Holy Family Church compound. Nahida Khalil Anton, an elderly woman, and her daughter, Samar Kamal Anton, had exited the church building and were walking toward the sisters' convent. One was killed as she tried to carry the other to safety, according to the Patriarchate. The sniper reportedly shot and wounded seven other people as they tried to protect others inside the church compound. No warning was given, said the Patriarchate. They were shot in cold blood inside the premises of the parish where there are no belligerents. I'm Sister Bernadette Reese. A once prominent cardinal has been sentenced to five and a half years in Vatican jail in what's been called the Vatican Trial of the Century. Cardinal Angelo Becciu was convicted on multiple counts of embezzlement. He was among 10 defendants accused of a property scheme that prosecutors said swindled millions of dollars from the Vatican. The 75-year-old became the first cardinal to be tried in Vatican City's criminal court. Becciu has denied the charges and his attorney plans to appeal. Much of the East Coast is bracing for a possible bomb cyclone as a major storm Packing strong winds and heavy rain threatens holiday travel. Forecasters are predicting strong winds, heavy rain, and flooding from the Mid-Atlantic to New England. New York City Mayor Eric Adams has issued a travel advisory and urged people to stay home. The region could see hazardous driving conditions and possible flash flooding through today. And Pope Francis celebrated his 87th birthday yesterday. To celebrate, he shared some cake with children and families at the Santa Marta dispensary. He asked them all to get ready for our Lord's birth, saying we need to prepare ourselves for the great feast of Christmas. He said it is the feast when we think and recall when Jesus came among us. He came to be with us. So uh, the fact that the Pope's birthday comes just a week ahead of Christmas should be a consolation for all the other people out there who have birthdays really close to Christmas. Mm-hmm. Like your that, son. Like my son. Like my father-in-law. Your father-in-law. Like a whole bunch of people I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
who are always kind of bums that they get like, oh, here, they get like one thing and they're like, this is for your birthday and for Christmas. Today is, I know, your anniversary, but it yes. is also the birthday of our office manager, Beverly Hill. Beverly? Beverly's birthday is your anniversary. You know, we all took, we didn't all take, various people in the radio and television industry have taken, you know, pseudonyms and fake names and appear on the air as names different than that with which they, you know, right, right. present themselves on their driver's license. Beverly Hill is her real name. It's awesome. It's like she was born to work Beverly at a radio station. Hill. Yeah. There you go. Happy Motos birthday, Bev. Anos, Bev. You have no idea. She's not how... here yet, but I'll see her walk in in a few minutes. So You would have no idea how much of a disaster this place would be if, if Bev it was weren't not for here. Bev. Oh, my gosh. She's amazing. She's amazing. The Sunrise Morning Show continues. I'm Matt Swaim, joined now by Teresa Tamio from EWTN and Ave Maria Radio's Catholic Connection. Teresa, good morning. Hey, good morning. So I uh, just wanted to put the shout out. Uh, so you can you know announce it on all your media platforms. 19 years of marriage for me today. <gasps> Congratulations. I'm closing in on two full decades. So yeah, there you well, go. Dominic and I just celebrated 40. So Four, I'll see. Now you just had to double me, didn't you? Well, no, but I'm saying it's just like I. But I'm only 39, so I can't figure out the math. Oh yeah, so that's I'm weird. Still working on that. Child bride. I don't <clears throat> yeah. know. Uh, you mm-hmm. you're married before you were born. It's amazing. <laughs> Well, congratulations! That's amazing. It's a that's a beautiful thing. How romantic to get married at Christmas time in Advent. Ooh. Well, actually, yeah, it was kind of a kind of a wild time <laughs> for a number of reasons. Uh, you know, among them, uh, it was kind of the time that we thought we could get everybody to kind of be in the same area. Uh-huh. So, uh, yeah, it was it was kind of a kind of a cool and wild thing. But uh, but yeah, here we are. Nineteen. It's years amazing later. how fast it goes, right? I mean, it's it just is nineteen years. You know? Insane. I got a kid mm-hmm. turning 12 this week. It's wild. It that is wild. I cannot believe. That is to me, because I remember when he was born and he sent me pictures. Now It's crazy. Oh, my gosh. Crazy. Crazy. You, you cannot pinch the cheeks <laughs> of a 12-year-old, Teresa. It's uncool. Oh, Italians do. Yeah. It's uncool. My nephew well, is, is 35, and I still I still hug him and pinch his cheek. He's my godson. That's what Italians hug yeah. everybody. <laughs> Well, uh, this is such a rich time of year to go to, um, I mean, the Sunday Mass readings are incredible, but there's some really great daily Mass readings through here. If anybody hasn't, you know, gone to the USCCB website or or has, you know, cracked open their Magnificat or their Word Mm -hmm. Among Us, this is the time of year you want to be reading the Mass readings every day, as far as I'm concerned. Well, I totally agree. As a matter of fact, I was telling Paul that I was struck yesterday at Mass. Uh, by the second reading, which I've heard a million times, from Thessalonians. And this whole idea of rejoice always, pray without ceasing in all circumstances, give thanks, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. And for some reason, you know how when you read Scripture and, and you say, oh, I know that verse, and then, then you read it again, whether it's through the daily readings or going to Mass or both, and it hits you differently in a, in a much stronger fashion. That's happened to me yesterday at Mass. It's like God is always willing us our joy. Are loved. He wants to love us. He wants us to be joyful because of that love and that gift. But it, it just struck me really differently yesterday. Like what God is saying: Look, be joyful. I've got this. It's okay. And it's it's just such an important point, especially around this time of year. And we heard a great homily yesterday from our associate uh, pastor, Father Adam, who's a very young priest. I think he's like, I don't know, maybe 30, 31. But he's always smiling, always has this big smile on his face. And he said during formation in seminary, he said they asked him, why are you always so joyful? They actually kind of were trying to figure out this guy who, who just,
just was so joyful with everyone. And he said, that's who I am. And he said, and John the Baptist knew who he was. And he says, but we are called to be joyful. And he used that old acronym, which is kind of corny, but I love it. Jesus first, others second, yourself last. And that's how you have true joy if you have your priorities in order. And I think we really need that right now, a big dose of joy, because there's so much negativity uh, in the media, in the culture, even within uh, the church, a lot of people attacking this person or that person or certain websites just being so nasty and and thinking that, you know, they're more Catholic than, than the Lord himself. I think we have to be very careful of that. And, and it doesn't mean that we ignore the issues, but we lay them out there. But then at the end of the day, as John the 23rd said, you know, Lord, I'm tired. It's your church. I'm going to bed. To understand that the best thing we can do is to be joyful and to grow in our own relationship with God to make a difference and to make sure what you're taking in, and this is my next point, is really joyful. This week on EWTN, there's an incredible opportunity to enjoy the musical gifts and the intelligence of a young man. He happens to be the oldest son of my manager, Gail Coniglio. And he was on yesterday on EWHN Radio, and there's several um, airings on TV and radio of a concert that he gave at his parish in Miami. And he's a mathematician, a Ph.D. student at Princeton, uh, studying more about the theory of relativity. I mean, the guy's like a genius, but he's also a, a pianist, and he does a whole uh, analysis while playing the music of the different Christmas carols. It is so powerful and so well done. And EWTN edited it down to about an hour. So you can have your own mini Christmas concert listening on radio or watching on TV and just really getting the meaning behind the lyrics and understanding the music. It was just so powerful to see it and hear it again yesterday. Well, that is pretty cool. Do you know, yeah. uh, I mean, do you remember off the top of your head which, which songs he looked at? Because I got a few favorites, and I'm wondering if he did them. Uh, he, he, he did um, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. That's he the one did, I was going to oh, ask about. Yep, yep. He talked about the angels and, and explained who angels were. Uh, the kid is, like, theologically extremely smart, in addition to being a mathematician and everything else. He knows his faith really well. And he also did O Holy Night, and I believe he did A Little Town of Bethlehem. I mean, he did several, but, but he looked at the lyrics and talked about the composers and the writers of the songs. And But then he, he played it, but explained it from Scripture. The whole presentation was about Jesus coming as truth and how we need to grasp onto the truth, and that's what Jesus wanted for us. So anyway, but speaking of joy, you feel very good after you listen or watch something like that. So it's on like five or six times this week, and I've got all the listings on my Facebook page at Mrs. Teresa Tamio, and of course you can find it. Doug Keck and I were talking about this in, in last week as well. Anthony was on my show, uh, but you can go to EW10.com for more information, but it's a really beautiful concert. Well, I was going to ask about the Hark the Herald uh, Angels Sing because that's the one that uh, that takes me back to my roots every year because uh, the uh, the guy who wrote that would be none other than Charles Wesley who helped right. found the Methodists. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, of course, that's my uh, that's my lineage at least on one side of my family. So it's always kind of fun. But when you listen to Charles Wesley's hymn, there, you know, pleased is man with men to dwell. You know. Born to raise the sons of earth, born to give them second birth. You know, you I can't know. help but think Catholic thoughts, right? right? You know, right. when you hear that song, uh, it's pretty great, pretty great. Well, that's the, one, that's the thing. I wonder how many of us, and you grow up with these Christmas carols, whatever, you know, church, if you're a Catholic or if you're a Methodist or, or, you know, evangelical. And I think we just sing them automatically because we know them so well. But when you dive into them more deeply, as you just explained, it, it really just carries on a whole deeper meaning. So it's just, I think, a really good way to, to get into this, you know, get into the third week, you know, the, the, the Gaudet week, the week of joy for Advent. And then, of course, poor Advent, the fourth week of Advent has about I'm a, a day. My, I'm not even going to get a chance <laughs> to light my candle. I'm going to talk about that with Annie here in a minute. Uh, but I will say this, Teresa, I'm going to put the challenge out. 
to, okay. uh, to all our listeners, especially our male listeners. I've been watching you all this year. I've been watching you through ordinary time and Lent and Advent, even Easter and Pentecost, and you just stand there and you're not singing at Mass. But Christmas, you're going to know the words. Yep. So I'm going to challenge the men especially out there, if you haven't been singing at Mass, this is a time to test it out. Test the pipes, because you're going to know the songs. Yep, yep. And what does Scripture say? A joyful noise, not necessarily a beautiful noise. So don't That's worry right. about how you we will co- We Think will mask you. If, you're, if you think you got a bad voice, the rest of us are going to drown you out a little bit. Just join up. That's all I'm yeah, saying. Amen. Join up. We'll be tuned in to uh, EWTN and Ave Maria Radio's Catholic Connection later today. Teresa Tamio, I'm not going to talk to you between now and then, so you have a Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. I'll talk to you, in, God willing, in 2024 because we've got Christmas Day, New Year's Day off, and then it'll be the week after. So be wild. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. All right. And to all of our friends at Ave Maria Radio, it is 16 minutes past the hour. Do you feel as though life is flying past you? Are you desperate for a way to find moments of peace and quiet? Lord, teach me to pray. The free Ignatian Prayer Series will open your heart to His voice, to the peace you're seeking, and the only love that fulfills the human heart, Jesus. God is calling you to true joy, knowing Jesus personally. Lord, Teach Me to Pray is free. Just go to lordteachmetopray.com and click on the red box. That's lordteachmetopray.com. Support for the Sunrise Morning Show is from Visiting Angels. Visiting Angels provides experienced, compassionate care to millions of aging adults nationwide by keeping them safe and healthy in the comfort of their own home. Whether it's a short break for caregivers or for long-term assistance, Visiting Angels provides hygiene, meals, light housework, companionship, and more. And services are available up to 24 hours per day. Visiting Angels, online at visitingangels.com. That's visitingangels.com. Franchise opportunities available. Got a coffee lover on your Christmas list this year? Give them the gift of Mystic Monk Coffee. The Carmelite Monks of Wyoming have a number of seasonal blends that would make for a great Christmas morning brew. And when you purchase it, after clicking the Mystic Monk link at sunrisemorningshow.com, you support the monks and the show. If your coffee lover is also a fan of the Sunrise Morning Show, pick up a mug or travel mug for them in our online store. Get a mug and link to Mystic Monk Coffee at sonrisemorningshow.com. That's sunrisemorningshow.com. EWTN Radio is seeking an assistant to the operations manager in overseeing broadcast content in Radio Master Control. This candidate will ensure delivery of our Catholic audio programming while actively monitoring the on-air signals of a number of automated and live playout systems. If this is you or someone you know, email a resume and cover letter, including salary requirements, to humanresources at EWTN.com and be a part of Mother Angelica's mission of evangelization. 18 past. Here's Anna with headlines. Pope Francis made another appeal for peace during his Angelus address yesterday, and calls for peace are getting louder from church leaders around the world after two Christians and two Israeli hostages in Gaza were recently killed by Israeli soldiers. Once prominent Cardinal Angelo Beichu has been sentenced to five and a half years in Vatican jail after being convicted on multiple counts of embezzlement. And much of the East Coast racing for a possible bomb cyclone as a major storm hacking strong winds threatens holiday travel. Praying for all of you who have to hit the road this week to go various places. Uh, you know, 
I was realizing this morning, Anna Mitchell, and I knew it was going to be short, and I knew it wasn't going to be much. But I'm I'm realizing this morning we're not gonna we're gonna be out of town for Christmas, mm-hmm. uh, and the fourth Sunday of Advent is on a Sunday. It's Christmas Eve, so mm-hmm. we won't be around. So we're not going to actually light our fourth Advent candle oh, well, this year. You can re you can use it for next. I can year. reuse it for next year. But I'm realizing that even if we were here, we would probably not light that Advent candle because we usually light it at dinner. We go to we go to Mass in the morning, and mm-hmm. then we, of course, light the candle at Mass, but mm-hmm. we usually don't light ours until mm-hmm. dinner. So even if we were in town, our family at least, wouldn't be lighting the fourth Advent candle at all. I didn't wow. even think about that until this morning. Wow. it's a good point. I guess I you if, could. I mean, you could. You could just you light could. it and leave it running. could. Yeah. I mean, no we'll rule still that have, says you have to wait till nightfall. I mean, we're still going to have the the final O antiphon for evening prayer. So it's true, which will be on which is Christmas Eve. So I guess I don't know. I just I'm 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 floored by this. Like I <laughs> has this never happened in the time that we've been doing the morning show? Because I mean, I, I have to go back and look at the calendars. I don't recall ever having these discussions before. Brendan Hodge is about to come on to help us uh, figure out all of the various combinations. It's actually kind of fun. It Um, is kind of fun. I have some people I've seen, you know, scoffing at all of the discussion about this because it it makes it sound kind of scrupulous, you know, like, oh, how do I fill my obligation? You know what sounds more scrupulous? How do I work in basketball practice and choir and lacrosse and, like, book club? But that said, I think it's kind of fun that we can kind of, you know, mix and match and decide what... Feel creative. Yeah, exactly. It's 21 past. Encountering Christ on Sacred Heart Radio has been happening in your car, on your smartphone, and at home for more than two decades now because of you. Thank you. But before the new year starts, if you're feeling called to make a special end-of-the-year contribution, please know that all gifts to Sacred Heart Radio are tax-deductible, giving you the benefit of a tax deduction and the blessing of encountering Christ whenever you like. To give online, visit sacredheartradio.com and click Donate or use Venmo at Sacred Heart Radio. And again... Thank you. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Bright Lights. St. Teresa in Bright, Indiana is hosting a free drive through Christmas light display every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, 6 to 10 p.m., now through January 6th. More information at brightlightsindiana.com. Start your new year with purpose. Gate of Heaven Cemetery of the Archdiocese of Cincinnati is here to help you understand church teachings to assist your loved ones tomorrow by thinking ahead today. Gate of Heaven Cemetery's free pre-planning seminar is on Tuesday, January 23rd, offering three time slots for your convenience, 11 a.m., 2 p.m., or 6 p.m. For reservations, 513-489-0300 or email community at gateofheaven.org. Tim Maley here, General Manager at Shock Town Carpet. Shock is a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio. Family owned and operated since 1928, Shock hopes this season is filled with many blessings to you and yours. In the market for hardwood, Check out MSI's Ladson and McCarran. Manufactured from European white oak, these engineered planks are on trend and highly sophisticated. Residential, commercial, 
New Home Construction, 513-922-3466, or shocktile.com. That's S-C-H-O-C-H tile.com. You rely on your car, so rely on the experts at Fort Mitchell Garage, a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio. They can do it all from brakes, tires, and heating and cooling to towing and collision repair and more. Fort Mitchell Garage on Dixie Highway and Park Hills. On the web at fortmitchellgarage.com. It's 23 minutes past the hour. You're listening to the Sunrise Morning Show on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Brandon Hodge joining us again on the Sunrise Morning Show. He is Darwin from the Darwin Catholic blog. He's author of the novel, If You Can Get It, which has some Christmas scenes in it. You can find it at Ignatius Press. He's also a contributing editor to The Pillar. Good morning, Brendan. Good morning. Great to be on with you. It is great to have you. And a couple of weeks ago, we uh, were talking about how in we are in the midst of the shortest Advent possible. That meaning that the fourth Sunday of Advent is also Christmas Eve. Now, I don't want to make people all scrupulous and whatnot, but we are going to talk about this in light of the uh, mass obligation that we have as Roman Catholics for Sunday and and Holy Days. And uh, so, first of all, Brendan, I mean, sometimes when a Holy Day falls on a Monday, um, it can get sort of, quote unquote, absorbed into the Sunday mass obligation. Is that the case with Christmas? No, that is not the case with Christmas. Um, The decision to absorb in a... Holy Day obligation into a Sunday obligation is one which is made by the national bishop bishops' conferences. And although most Holy Days in the U.S. have been chosen by the U.S. bishops as Holy Days, which can be moved to the nearest Sunday so that we celebrate that, um, that obligation on Sunday, the Christmas obligation is not one of those. And so Christmas, we have a obligation to go to Mass for Christmas itself, and also a separate obligation to go to Mass on Sunday, even though those are currently back-to-back. Okay, so the Pillar a couple of weeks ago put out a very helpful explainer on all of this. You can go to PillarCatholic.com if you you want to revisit these uh, things, but I would encourage you to get out a pen and a notebook if you're not driving and take notes right now, uh, because we're going to be talking about the various combinations of masses, so to speak, that we can attend to fulfill the Sunday obligation and the Christmas Holy Day obligation. And uh, the guys over at the Pillar gave them some fun names. So tell us about two for two, Brendan. So the simplest approach is uh, go to Sunday Mass on Sunday, and then Monday go to a Christmas morning Mass on Christmas. Um, So you're going to Mass twice for your two obligations on back-to-back days, and um, that uh, covers both of your obligations. All right. Now, if Christmas morning, for whatever reason, is not the best time for your family to go to Mass, or maybe you're a midnight Mass person, uh, tell us about Vigil All the Way. Exactly. So we're used to, you can normally go to a vigil mass on Saturday evening uh, to fulfill your Sunday obligation. You could, of course, do that this coming weekend. You would go to Sunday mass on Saturday evening 
And then if your parish is like mine, you probably have three times as many Christmas <laughs> Eve Masses as Christmas Masses. Yes. And so you would then go to one of the Christmas Vigil Masses on Christmas Eve. So you would end up going to Mass for Sunday on Saturday and for Christmas on Sunday. And um, I don't know. This might I – don't, I don't know if this is – a good way to be thinking about it but maybe it is you can look at the readings ahead of time and and choose which of the uh, vigil masses you want based on which readings you want to hear proclaimed um your favorite uh, christmas readings i guess uh go for the one with the genealogy from matthew that's a good one um okay now exactly not everyone knows this but the readings for regular vigil mass for christmas are different than the readings for Midnight Mass for Christmas, which are different from the Christmas morning vigil, the, the Christmas morning uh, Mass readings. So you actually have three different sets of readings you could potentially hear. Yeah, absolutely, which have no bearing on your obligation, so to speak, um, which we'll get into in a second here. But let's go through these uh, couple of other options that we have. What is the long weekend? So you could, of course, go Saturday evening to your vigil mass, then take Sunday as a quiet day to frantically uh, get ready for Christmas, <laughs> and then go to Christmas morning mass on Christmas. So you would then be going to mass on Saturday and on Monday. Oh, interesting. Okay. That is an option that didn't actually occur to me. So uh, good to know. The long weekends, you take Sunday as a day of rest, so to speak, to frantically get ready for Christmas. Okay, now... Tell us about Super Sunday. This is uh, this is a pretty impressive choice. So this may actually end up being a choice for a lot of people in that you could simply go to your normal Sunday morning Mass and then later in the day go to Vigil Mass for Christmas. So you'd be fulfilling your Sunday obligation in the morning and your Christmas obligation in the afternoon or evening. Now, will an afternoon Mass on Christmas Eve fulfill the obligation that we have to attend mass on the fourth sunday of advent if we also go to a mass that's like later like midnight or later yes uh and in fact it doesn't even have to be as late as midnight so your obligation to attend mass on sunday or on a holy day uh, is bound by calendar time, if you will, rather than liturgical time. So if you if you wanted, you could go to a evening Christmas Eve, uh, so Christmas Vigil Mass, and then go to the, the, the Christmas Midnight Mass. Both of those would actually be Christmas Masses, but the first of those you could go for your Sunday obligation, and then the second you could go for your Christmas obligation. Okay, and you know what I love about this option is that you just stay in the pew. You can just stay, and you've got your seed already saved for the Christmas Mass because we all know that that's the biggest thing is fighting for a seat at Mass on Christmas. Um, like I said, there is an excellent post, an explainer over at PillarCatholic.com, which you can find linked at SunriseMorningShow.com. Brendan, thank you. Thank you, and Merry Christmas. And to you as well. Half past the hour now on the Sunrise Morning Show. It's time for news. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin is in Israel today getting an update on the war in Gaza. The visit is coming as President Biden and many others have increased criticism of Israel over the mounting civilian casualties in the bombing trying to destroy Hamas. There have been hints that Israel could move to a lower-intensity strategy 
in the new year. Meanwhile, appeals for peace are getting louder from church leaders as well. After two Christians and two Israeli hostages in Gaza were recently killed by Israeli soldiers. The president of the U.S. Bishops Conference, Archbishop Timothy Broglio, released a statement on behalf of the bishops saying, quote, such violence must not continue. Following the mistaken killing of Israeli hostages and now the killing of two Christian women and the wounding of others inside Holy Family Parish in Gaza, we call for an immediate cessation of all hostilities, the release of hostages, and for earnest negotiations toward a peaceful solution of this conflict. He said, at this holy time of Advent, in anticipation of the birth of the Prince of Peace, it is with great sadness and horror that we continue to witness the death and destruction of innocent people in the land of our Lord's birth. During his Angelus address yesterday, Pope Francis repeated his calls for peace in the Holy Land and around the world. And in his catechesis, he reflected on the Sunday Gospel reading, focusing on what it means that John the Baptist testifies to the light. From Vatican Radio, Thaddeus Jones reports. Looking at the nature of John's testimony and the light to which he refers, the Pope explained that John the Baptist's testimony came through his frank language, his sincere behavior, and his austerity of life. People flocked to meet and hear the Baptist, the Pope recalled, especially due to his consistent and sincere way of being, making him different from the famous and powerful who cultivated their appearances more than their character. And in every age, the Lord sends men and women like this, he said. And do we recognize them? Do we learn from their witness, allowing ourselves to be challenged? Giovanni, invece, è luminoso in quanto testimonia la luce. The Pope said John's luminous nature came from his testifying to the light of Christ, of Jesus coming into the world, the Lamb of God, God who saves. Recalling that John himself told the crowds that he was not the light or the Messiah, but the voice who accompanies his brothers and sisters to the word. The Pope said John the Baptist's witness shows us that only in God do we find the light of life, and that by God's grace we can be a lamp that shines and helps others find the way to meet Jesus through our service to others, humility, and the integrity of our lives. In conclusion, the Pope suggested we ask ourselves how we in our daily lives can give witness in the here and now to the light of Christ in these days leading to Christmas and beyond. And he prayed that may Mary, mirror of holiness, help us be men and women who reflect Jesus, the light who comes into the world. E ora saluto voi, cari bambini e ragazzi. Following the recitation of the Angelus Prayer, Pope Francis greeted the many families there with their children present who brought little statuettes of the child Jesus to be blessed on Bambinelli Sunday, a tradition started by St. Pope Paul VI over 50 years ago. Cardinal Angelo Becciu has been sentenced to five and a half years in Vatican jail for what has been called the Vatican trial of the century. Cardinal Becciu was convicted on multiple counts of embezzlement. He was among 10 defendants accused of a property scheme that prosecutors said dwindled millions of dollars from the Vatican. The 75-year-old became the first cardinal to be tried in Vatican City's criminal court. He plans to appeal. The Biden administration is announcing its five-year offshore drilling plan. 
Brian Shook reports. The Interior Department says between 2024 and 2029, there will be three leases in the waters around the U.S. to allow for drilling. The American Petroleum Institute claimed the plan fails to meet the energy needs of the American people. Environmental groups also took issue with the plan, saying the dangerous cycle of drilling and spilling must end. I'm Brian Shook. And much of the East Coast is bracing for a possible bomb cyclone as a major storm packing strong winds and heavy rain threatens holiday travel today. That's the news on the Sunrise Morning Show. It's 35 minutes past the hour. The show notes is where you'll get the links and resources you heard about on the Sunrise Morning Show and Driving Home the Faith and for the podcast to find and replay an interview. To check out the show notes every day, visit the new sacredheartradio.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Schneller Knockelman Plumbing, Heating, and Air, treating customers with integrity for over 90 years for heating, air conditioning, water heaters, plumbing, and more. Schneller Knockelman at skpha.com. SKPHA.com. Catholic Engaged Encounter Weekends are a marriage preparation program led by married couples and a priest or deacon. What makes this marriage prep program unique is you will have two days as a couple to delve into important subjects that will affect your relationship together for the rest of your lives. More time for prayer and reconciliation and closing the weekend with Mass. More information is at Cincinnati-Covington.EngagedEncounter.com. That's Cincinnati-Covington.EngagedEncounter.com. It's 24 minutes before the hour on this Monday of the third week of Advent, December the 18th. Your forecast is brought to you on Sacred Heart Catholic Radio by Schneller Knockeman Plumbing, Heating, and Air online at skpha.com. Get ready for some snow today. Right now it's pretty windy outside with temperatures in the mid to upper 30s as you're heading out the door. For Cincinnati, scattered snow showers today with gusty winds and falling temperatures, a high of 36. Mostly to partly cloudy tonight with an overnight low of 22. Mostly sunny tomorrow, not as windy, with a high of 35. For the Miami Valley-Dayton area, variably cloudy today with snow showers and a high of 36. Partly cloudy tonight with an overnight low of 22. Morning flurry, then a mix of sun and clouds tomorrow and a high of 34 degrees. This is Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. The Sunrise Morning Show continues. I'm Matt Swaim, joined now by Bear Walsnick, and you can find his Deep Adventure resources linked through sunrisemorningshow.com as well as his latest book. It's all about 12 rules for manliness. Bear, good morning. Melikilikimaka, Matt, from uh, the Bitter End uh, Anchorage here in uh, the British Virgin Islands. I mean, if we can't get a dude from Hawaii to say it during the week leading up to Christmas, I then I can't <laughs> I can't consider myself a real radio person. So uh, we at least got that covered today. You know, today we're talking about endurance, and uh, this mm. is uh, something that you know maybe associated with distance runners or some other things, but it really anybody uh, ought to have to figure out how to do this in a whole bunch of different areas of life, right? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Um, it's also, it's, it's, the, it's the gift of fortitude, coraggio, and it's unique because the, the gift of fortitude is something that you can go out and 
uh, grow it. You can choose to grow in it. You can choose to grow in it every time you go to the gym, you know, when, when you don't feel like it or you press the extra weight when you're doing resistance training because that's really what it is. It's resistance training. Um, but um, endurance is something that uh, I was thinking about the scripture verse that the eyes of the Lord look to and fro throughout the earth for the man whose heart is totally yielded to him that he might strongly support him. Well, right in those words, strongly support kind of implies that it's going to be a bit of adversity involved in what, in what God's calling us to do. Well, you know, I think that there are ways that some of us are wired uh, to naturally appreciate and gravitate towards endurance. Like, you know, anybody who has, uh, you know, some sort of like physical ability and has done that in like a physical way in the gym or on a big long hike maybe even or you know sticking it out in bad weather when you're camping like there are ways that i think that are natural to us but i think that some of us could use some work like enduring frustrating people in our offices or our families (laughs) right or enduring some of these other things that i don't know about you that does not come as naturally to me yeah, you know, that's interesting. You know, yesterday, Cindy, I dropped some day off on the beach, and I came back to the boat and was working. And she took this. She took. You were talking about hiking, going on the gnarly hike. This is what she says to me when she comes back. She says, "Oh, you shouldn't go on that hike. It's going to be too hard for you." Having to endure my wife saying something like that to me, but she said it was kind of slippery in the rocks weren't bad. But it is true. It is those little things. But we had like someone, a member of our man cave, write to us right to the man in the man cave last week saying, I'm really having a struggle in my marriage. I really need your prayers. Uh, it wasn't so much that he needed counsel. He needed, he needed prayers for grace, you know, to, to just kind of stay the course in that situation when things get kind of cloudy and direction doesn't seem right and things get hard. Um, it's grit and grace combined. It's having the determination, but also it really is that we can't do it on our own. It really is that the Holy Spirit wants to use that to transform us into the likeness and image of his son. The grit and the grace. You know, it's it's fascinating to me, uh, you know, when you bring up that question of, of marriage, uh, when, you know, I look at the at the YouTube, you know, alpha bro channels, and I see they, they pop up all over my feed. I don't know what that tells me about me and what the Internet thinks. Because <laughs> you're I'm an alpha, Matt. Yes. You know, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like a Delta but uh, you know the, uh, the 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 idea of some of these guys who are like you know trying to increase their prowess and you know and all this stuff you know endurance in their diet and their exercise you know this perfect physique but then you look at like their relationship history and like none of these dudes can tolerate like the the normal grind of an actual marriage right or an oh, actual relational commitment and all that stuff like yeah. you can't just pick one thing that you're like interested in enduring and chuck the rest I love this. You know, um, you know, I'm so fortunate because Cindy is so, so wonderful, and I, I call her full of grace. I don't know if that's heretical to say <laughs> because I know only, but, but it's really beautiful when you have uh, such a, uh, a tender wife who's always looking through the true good. But but there's always is just that reality of staying staying the course, and and sometimes things get a little bit uh, what do they call it? rough around the edges. And learning just to stay with each other and love each other and, and talk honestly with each other, get real with each other. But staying the course, so many people just bail out. And you know what? I'm going to tell you right now, there's someone listening right now that really identifies with what you and I are talking about. And I just encourage them, just ask for God's grace. When I when I got my second degree black belt, 
Um, you know, we, we'd have mottos that they would actually put up on the wall in the dojo for each person. And mine was that scripture verse that says, lead me to the rock too high to climb, and I, and, and I will climb it. Uh, by thee, I will, uh, I can bend a bow of bronze, you know, that, that other verse. And so it's not, we don't do it on our own. This isn't about being an alpha male. This That doesn't work. That's just a hellish, hellish, hellish inward downward spiral into isolation like the Dante's Inferno. Um, it really is about God coming alongside and saying, hey, I know you're working hard on this. Uh, let me help you with it. You know, and ask for God's help. It's like when you're doing resistance training, having a spotter to help you. Just by sometimes someone just putting a little finger on that weight, it, the, the weight starts to move, you know, when you're, when you're lifting weights. So having a spotter, having someone there to help you, um, that's what we need. We can't do it on our own. We need the Holy Spirit. Well, we absolutely do. I mean, it's the it's the grit and it's the grace. It's the it's the grace and it's the nature. It's the faith and it's the works. Uh, it's always a cooperation. I mean, I love the part in the Catechism where it talks about how God always calls first. Uh, that anytime we even respond, anytime we you know do something hard or great or participate or cooperate in our own salvation, we're actually the second actor in that scenario because it was the grace. Right that came that made us even think that it was something that we should look into, right? So, I mean, you even always this idea of endurance, it never comes just from us. Yeah. You know what? Uh, yeah, you always give me so much to think about. It, it's When you do have adversity, just think of it as an appointment with God. Hmm. It's just a moment to say, look look up to God and have, whether it's a, a someone uh, wronging you or it's a, it's a financial hardship or it's a medical hardship or it's a relationship situation, whatever that is, just see it as an appointment with God with the Holy Spirit to say, Lord, come help me. I have a good friend, Bill Snyder. He's had several open-heart surgeries. And, man, when, we're, when he's on the set of Long Ride Home, I don't know how many times an hour he says, come on, Holy Spirit, need your help. You know, whenever, whenever we have adversity, let's reach out to him. Well, you know what Chesterton said about this, right? Oh, no, I guess I don't. What, well, he what, said, that, that, he said that, that an, an adventure is only an inconvenience rightly considered, and an inconvenience is only an adventure wrongly considered. So there you have it. Oh, that's cool, man. That's so cool. Yeah, praise God. So we have to keep, um, you know, give, giving uh, and not, not taking and, uh, and uh, letting the Lord fill our sails. Very good. Well, that's an appropriate metaphor uh, since you've been out there filling the sails and you know, trying to get yeah. out there on the raging seas. If our listeners want to connect with you, Bear, and find out some of these more resources and even maybe be part of this man cave you're talking about and find a fellowship yeah. group of dudes, uh, how do they do so? Go to deepadventure.com and you can join our Bear School of Manliness in the man cave. It's a great thing for fathers and sons to do together to go through the school. The man cave is just, the man cave is just for, uh, for adults. Very cool. Well, thank you so much, Bear. Merry Christmas, because we're going to talk to you on the other side of this. And have a great one. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. Aloha. All right. There you go. You got your own Maha. I can't even say it right. I'm glad Bear said it at the beginning. Well, we're back with Stephanie Mann right after this. It's a quarter till. Support is from Solidarity HealthShare. Do you have an insurance plan that pays for everything, even things that violate your beliefs? Have you ever felt there has to be a better way, but didn't know you had any options? If you answered yes, I've got some good news for you. There is a better way and a more affordable way. Solidarity HealthShare can save you hundreds of dollars each month while actually supporting your beliefs. Because the best news is that Solidarity HealthShare costs a whole lot less than insurance. It's time to jump in and put your money where your faith is and put some money back into your wallet at the same time. 
Join Solidarity HealthShare, a faith-based healthcare sharing community. Prices start as low as $384 a month for families. Call to see how much you can save. 844-334-3245. That's 844-334-3245. Solidarity HealthShare. 844-334-3245. Business owners are starting to think outside the box to find new customers. You can reach millions of engaged Catholic listeners by underwriting the Sunrise Morning Show. Each weekday morning, listeners across the U.S. and around the globe can hear your message for your business, ministry, or nonprofit on the Sunrise Morning Show. To find out how it works, email me, Leah, at sacredheartradio.com. That's Leah at sacredheartradio.com. This is Jim Pinto, director of EWTN Media Missionaries. Mother Angelica said, the essence of evangelization is to tell everybody, Jesus loves you. You can help EWTN share the good news by becoming a media missionary. Visit EWTNmissionaries.com today and join us in sharing the eternal word with the world. I'm spiritual, but do I have to be religious? Join me, Dr. David Andrews, as we answer your questions on Call to Communion today at 2 p.m. Eastern. Now, back to the Sunrise Morning Show. 13 till, here's Anna with headlines. Secretary Lloyd Austin is in Israel today to get an update on the war in Gaza as appeals for peace are getting louder especially from church leaders after two Christians and two Israeli hostages in Gaza were recently killed by Israeli soldiers. And Cardinal Angelo Beichu, once prominent in the Vatican, has now been sentenced to five and a half years in a Vatican jail after being convicted on multiple counts of embezzlement. News at the top and bottom of each hour every weekday morning here on the Sunrise Morning Show. I'm Matt Swaim, joined now by Stephanie Mann. You can find her blog, Supremacy and Survival, linked at sunrisemorningshow.com, along with a book of the same name. It's great information, a lot of stuff that a lot of us didn't know about the English Reformation. Stephanie, good morning. Good morning, Matt. So today we get to talk about St. John Roberts and Blessed Thomas Summers. Uh, Before we get into the details of their martyrdom, uh, tell us a little bit about who they were and uh, how they got busted, as it were. Well, they were, of course, missionary priests coming to England. This is during the reign of James the Second. Excuse me, James the First. He had been James the Sixth of uh, of uh, Scotland. His mother was Mary, Queen of Scots, and he succeeded Elizabeth the First. And these two priests came to England uh, around right after the gunpowder plot fiasco and there had been so much of an uptick in persecution of Catholics. And so John St. John Roberts was a Benedictine and he was uh, there as a missionary priest, not, uh, still a monk, but as a missionary priest. And Blessed uh, Summers uh, was also a Catholic priest who was serving uh, the, the Catholics. And so they'd been arrested They'd been found guilty of being priests, and therefore they were sentenced to death. And what Father Bowden describes in his book and his memory of, of 
these two priests, especially of, of uh, Blessed John Robert, uh, St. John Roberts, is this great feast they had the night before their executions, their last supper, and the experience they had, kind of almost a an out of a, a spiritual experience. It was a beautiful feast. There was food. There was conviviality. But the main thing was there was a great spiritual event that occurred, and it all became possible because of this lady from Spain, uh, say, uh, Luisa de Caraval, who had come to Spain to help the the priests. She had such great devotion to these missionary priests, knowing that the suffering the Catholics were enduring in England, and she came to help them, to console them. And one of the things she did was console them when they were awaiting execution. And she did so in this case by hosting a last supper for the priests and 20 other prisoners of, of conscience who were being held in Newgate jail. Yeah, this is the piece of the puzzle that's so fascinating me because John Roberts, yes. that's a pretty doggone English name, right? Yes. Thomas Summers is pretty down the line. How does a Luisa de Carvajal get involved with this? What in the world would she want to come to England for knowing the situation? Right, mainly because of this, the the, one, the way that she wanted to serve the Catholic, the underground Catholic community. There is was kind of a a diplomatic situation going on, and that it was that James the First wanted to have peace with Spain. So at the same time that he had to execute Catholic priests, he there was kind of some moderation in some ways of the activity, and therefore uh, there was more. Uh, allowances made and so because she had the support of the uh, Spanish ambassador to, to the court of St. James Luisa de Caraval was able to arrange these kind of events and there are others that she did and provide safe houses and stuff because she kind of had that diplomatic not immunity but some protection but the the feast is that was so much beautiful in in Father Bowden's explanation and their response especially he describes St. John Roberts' response to it. Yeah, I wonder if we could dig into that. Like, what was that last yes. night like together? Yes. Well, the, the words that Father Bowden uses said that the meal was a devout and joyful one. Heavenly, the refreshment ministered to the guests. Great the fervor and spiritual delight which our Lord bestowed on his valiant soldiers, giving them that peace which passeth all understanding. And then, but then there's this odd note that the the guests hardly thought of eating. I mean, the food and wine was the food and the wine was delicious. Yeah, I always uh, kind of wonder about great... that. I mean, with everything yeah. coming up the next day, like who's who's hungry? Yeah. yeah, right. The great festivity. I mean, it was kind of like I thought we're all thinking of our Christmas dinners next Monday. This is kind of the Christmas dinner we really want. I mean, we do want the good food and the good wine, but the camaraderie, the peace, the joy, just the the, the unity of that event. That's kind of the feast we all want to celebrate with our families next week. And 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 then Father Roberts, or, or St. John Roberts, was even concerned. He says, now, am I being silly? I mean, am I, do I, do you think, she, he told, asked her, that I'm causing disedification? I mean, am I giving a bad example with all this glee and this joy? Would I be better to retire into a corner and give myself up to prayer? And she said, no. You cannot be better employed than by letting them all see with what cheerful, cheerful courage you are about to die for Christ. So she actually says to him, no, you shouldn't be like a monk that you are and go off and pray. Be with people. Be with this is this is your this is your last supper. Be with them and, and celebrate and prepare for the in, what you're going to endure tomorrow. And 
do it with the joy that you have in Christ because you know that you are serving him and and therefore you know that you will have a great reward, not just this feast, but the feast that comes after. That account of that Last Supper and the joy and the uh, and the courage and all that helps make a whole lot more sense of what John Roberts says the next morning <laughs> that yes. is reported as like his jest, as it were, going to his own execution. I wonder if you share that with us. Yes, yes. Well, cold December morning, and one of the things that were there, one of the implements of the, the execution was a, a hot cauldron to parboil their quarters once they've been hanged, drawn, and quartered. And he says, oh, good, there's a hot fire on such a cold morning. And so you could see that kind of that joy that he had and the peace that he'd had from that gathering the night before carried through to his execution, that he could make a jest like that. Here's a hot breakfast ready, despite the cold weather. And so it's just an incredible line. It's wild to to think of the courage of these men and uh, the witness that they must have given, and and again, as we talk all the time, how much it must have backfired. <laughs> you know the uh, yes. the intimidation, well, uh, you know, campaign by uh, the English monarchy to try and make examples of these people to discourage them from ever wanting to uh, you know be faithful to the Catholic faith. And here you find true. that they are giving pretty powerful witness. Yeah, because it, it actually at his execution, the two priests were allowed to die by being hanged instead of being left conscious to endure all that torture. And when they held the executioner held up his heart and said, this is the heart of a traitor, the people were supposed to answer, long live the king. But the hangman said the words and the crowd was silent. So it didn't get that, again, like you say, it didn't get the response that the, the propaganda was supposed to be there of, of, see, the king is keeping you safe from this, these traitors, these priests, and yet the crowd doesn't reply at all. So it, it's just a, it is a beautiful, beautiful story. And I think it was all because of that night before that they had such joy and festivity and peace at their last supper, their Christmas yeah. dinner. Luisa de Carvajal, who came from Spain to encourage these men going to their death. I can't help but think of the women of Jerusalem there, you know, consoling Christ uh, on the Via Dolorosa. It's a powerful post. Definitely go over to Stephanie's blog and check it it out. Supremacy and Survival is linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Stephanie, have a great day. You too, and talk to you next year. Sounds good. And until tomorrow, for the rest of you, may God bless you and keep you and grant you his peace. In this crazy world, where can Catholics go with their hard-earned money and not support businesses that go against our faith? Check out the Angels List on SacredHeartRadio.com. It's a list of businesses owned and operated by our Catholic brothers and sisters who underwrite Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. And if you'd like to get your business on the Angels List, email me, Leah, at SacredHeartRadio.com. That's Leah at SacredHeartRadio.com. Wimberg Landscaping, a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio, has been beautifying properties for over 40 years. Wimberg offers professional one-stop landscaping services from initial design and installation of all plant materials and hardscapes to ongoing maintenance, including lawn service, leaf, and snow removal. Wimberg Landscaping. 
513-271-2332 or on the web at wimberglandscaping.com. That's wimberglandscaping.com. Support us from Andiamo Artisan Bakery in Hamilton's German Village, featuring authentic Italian cookies and sweets to grace your table during the holidays. From their signature Sicilian almond paste cookies to cannoli and tiramisu, celebrate the season with the flavors of chocolate, walnut, and fig. Order in store or online at andiamo-artisan-bakery.com. That's A-N-D-I-A-M-O, andiamo-artisan-bakery.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Delhi and Harrison Pet Centers with everything your pet needs from guppies to puppies. Offering curbside pickup in-store and online shopping at DelhiPetCenter.com. That's DelhiPetCenter.com. I'm Bill Torbeck of Tri-State Abrasive and Tool Company, proud to support Sacred Heart Radio. Diamond and CBN are the most advanced cutting tools because they are the hardest materials known. These enable you to machine three to eight times faster compared to carbide while reducing downtime for tool changes by 90%. Improve your productivity when machining hard, cast, and powdered metals or difficult-to-machine materials. Find out more at TheAbrasiveOne.com. That's the number one, TheAbrasiveOne.com. Young adults, have you thought about God's calling for your life? We invite you to consider consecrating your life to God as a member of the Catholic Corps. Dedicate your life to prayer and enjoy living in community with like-minded Catholics. Support families through helping host events and spreading the message of total consecration to Jesus through Mary in union with St. Joseph. Visit the Catholic Corps Consecrated Communities for one week this spring and fall. Sign up today at afc.org cc. This is Cardinal Raymond Burke. Thank you for listening to Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. 740 WNOP Newport, 910 WPFB Middletown, or get the app, stream, podcast, and more at sacredheartradio.com. Sacred Heart Radio. Monday, December 18th. We are a week away from Christmas. I know a lot of you are excited, but I know a lot of others of you are very frustrated and uh, maybe a little down on yourself or on the world. Let's pray this prayer from St. Claude de la Colombière to put things everything in perspective. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Lord, I'm in this world to show your mercy to others. Other people will glorify you by making visible the power of your grace, by their fidelity and constancy to you. For my part, I will glorify you by making known how good you are to sinners, that your mercy is boundless, and that no sinner, no matter how great his offenses, should have reason to despair of pardon. If I have grievously offended you, my Redeemer, let me not offend you even more by thinking that you are not kind enough to pardon me. Amen. Asking for a little bit of mercy for ourselves, mercy for those who may be getting on our last nerve this time of year, that God will remind us what it is that everything is supposed to actually be about as we head towards 
the feast of Christmas. It is the Sunrise Morning Show. I'm Matt Swaim. Anna Mitchell has news. Paul Lockman at the controls and up this hour. David Kissel will have some more stewardship thoughts for us as we head into the feast of Christmas. He, of course, with the stewardship office for the Archdiocese of Cincinnati. We'll look at more questions that Jesus asks in the scriptures with Dr. Leonard DeLorenzo. Pastoral counselor Kevin Prendergast is going to be along to help you uh, figure out how to keep your emotional and spiritual balance in these final days of Advent. And then Courtney Brown from Rua Woods has more tips for helping to instill theology of the body principles in elementary school kids. So stay with us if you can. News of service of Bridgetown Finer Meats and BridgetownFinerMeats.com. Hit those guys up for your Christmas celebrations. Two minutes past, here's Anna with news. Good morning. The listening area is going under a winter weather advisory later this morning. The National Weather Service has issued the advisory from 10 a.m. until 1 o'clock tomorrow morning. Temperatures are expected to fall today as front brings wind gusts up to 40 miles per hour and occasional snow squalls into the region. Snow accumulation between Half an inch and an inch could lead to some slick conditions on the roads this afternoon and evening. More on that in the forecast in a little bit here. In other news, Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin is in Israel today to get an update on the war in Gaza. His visit comes as President Biden and others are criticizing Israel over mounting civilian casualties as Israel continues to try to destroy Hamas. There have been hints that Israel could move to a lower intensity strategy in the new year. And if that's the case, Austin says he wants to hear that plan. Joint Chiefs Chairman General C.Q. Brown Jr. will also be in Israel with Austin for meetings with senior Israeli officials. Pope Francis yesterday made another appeal for peace during his Angelus address after two Christians and two Israeli hostages in Gaza were recently killed by Israeli soldiers. From Vatican Radio, Sister Bernadette Reese reports. Pope Francis condemned an attack on the compound of the Catholic parish where he said there are no terrorists, but families, children, people who are sick and have disabilities, and nuns. A mother and her daughter were killed, he said, and others were wounded by the shooters while they were going to the bathroom. Some say, this is terrorism, this is war, he said adding, yes, it is war. It is terrorism. On Saturday, Israeli forces carried out heavy bombardment in the area surrounding Gaza's only Catholic parish. The Latin Patriarchate of Jerusalem released a statement saying an Israeli tank fired a rocket which struck the convent of the Missionaries of Charity, destroying the building's generator and setting off a massive blaze that damaged the house. The convent provided shelter and care for 54 people with disabilities who would no longer be able to use their respiratory equipment since the attack destroyed the only generator. Later in the day, an Israeli sniper killed two Christian women who had taken refuge in the Holy Family Church compound. Nahida Khalil Anton, an elderly woman, and her daughter, Samar Kamal Anton, had exited the church building and were walking toward the sisters' convent. One was killed as she tried to carry the other to safety, according to the Patriarchate. The sniper reportedly shot and wounded seven other people as they tried to protect others inside the church compound. No warning was given, said the Patriarchate. They were shot in cold blood inside the premises of the parish 
where there are no belligerents. I'm Sister Bernadette Reese. A once prominent cardinal has been sentenced to five and a half years in Vatican jail in what's been described as the Vatican's trial of the century. Cardinal Angelo Becciu was convicted on multiple counts of embezzlement. He was among 10 defendants accused of a property scheme that prosecutors said swindled millions of dollars from the Vatican. The 75-year-old became the first cardinal to be tried in Vatican City's criminal court. Becciu has denied the charges and his attorney plans to appeal. Pope Francis celebrated his 87th birthday yesterday, and to celebrate, he shared some cake with children and families at the Santa Marta dispensary. He asked them all to get ready for our Lord's birth, saying we need to prepare ourselves for the great feast of Christmas, which will be next week. Yes, in fact, a week from today. It's crazy. 8.06 now on the Sunrise Morning Show and Sports on Sacred Heart Radio is brought to you by Dr. Robert Berger and Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine online at beaconortho.com. Here's Paul Lockman. All right, well, let's talk about week 15 of NFL action. The Bengals did not play on Sunday per se. They played on Saturday and won 27 to 24 over the Vikings. Barely over the Vikings. It this was, is the uh, second week in a row that the Vikings lost by three. Ain't that that well actually they won or by won three. by three. Yeah oh. they won by three. They beat the Raiders. I'm sorry. Three to nothing. I got that wrong but Th- uh, they a margin played in of a, three. There you a go. A game with a margin of three. Well the Ravens won by more than three. They beat the Jags on Sunday night football 23 to seven final score. They uh, have won four in a row. Baltimore Playing well, feeling good about themselves at eleven and three. Elsewhere, Niners also eleven win team. They beat out. They beat the Cardinals 45-29. Kind of surprising, maybe not to Vegas, but uh, the Bills crushed the Dallas Cowboys thirty-one to ten on uh, on the road. Uh, well, the Cowboys were on the road. I don't know. My why. husband was surprised by this game. Yeah, I. Uh, it was a one point favorite to uh, Dallas. I think it was. Maybe mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe maybe Buffalo was favorite. I don't know. But I don't know. Uh, it's quite surprising. But Dallas was playing really good football. How about Monday Night Football tonight? The Eagles take on the Seahawks. I think a lot a lot Eagles of people watch. Seahawks. Yeah, uh, I I don't know. Uh, I guess the Eagles are going to win that one. I would assume. <laughs> um, the fun game actually to watch was the Browns. I know wasn't the outcome. Uh, Cincinnati fans like to see Browns beat the Bears twenty to seventeen. But did you see the last play of the game? I your did boy, not. Watch your any boy really yesterday. Your boy Justin Fields. Yeah. Scrambled like through the hail mary and it tapped around and then it fell into a guy's lap who was a bear on the ground and he tried to catch it and he basically had it in his hands and then it just like zipped out of his hands right into a Browns place. Oh, they had the win. Oh, that's the worst. I always feel bad at no matter who it is. I always feel bad for the quarterback in those situations because he is the one that gets that stat. Yeah. Of an interception. Well, Mo- and it's just not his fault. No, yeah. It was Mooney was the wide receiver, and man, you, you feel bad for him as well. But uh, I, I got to be honest with you if you're the Bears fan, you're like, eh, it's not the end of the world. We're, we're really not making the playoffs anyway. So yeah. we'll take the, uh, Sorry, we'll take the draft. The Bears. Back, so, yeah. A little bit of a bummer. But anywho, that's it for uh, sports. I'm out of time now. Let's get to uh, traffic and weather. Traffic first. A service of Larkin Cobb, Chevrolet, Buick, and GMC in Eaton, Ohio, on the web, LarkinCobb.com. What you got, Anna? Not a whole lot yet. 
Paul, I feel bad for you doing traffic on driving home the faith this afternoon if the weather forecast is indeed correct later today. Right now, just a disabled vehicle blocking the left lane of southbound 75 at Paddock. And so you're running slow through the Lachlan split, but you are usually running slow through the Lachlan split at this time of morning. That's the only um, issue that I'm seeing out on the interstates right now. Now, speaking of issues, looking at the weather today, um, scattered snow showers and squalls, apparently, today. I don't know if this is a word that's just squalls. S-Q-U-A-L-L-S. All right. I'm just wondering, okay, this is my thing. I was looking at the forecast this morning and wondering, are they trying to scare us? So that we act all panicked this afternoon so that they have things to talk about on the evening news in this time of year that might be kind of slow when it comes to, like, local news stories. Is this That's what I was wondering. With the, with the snow? Yeah. Or are they just trying to get in the Christmas spirit? Well, it's like a half an inch to an inch of snow. It's right. going to be, like, practically a dusting. So, anyway, don't panic. Be careful, but don't panic, okay? Scattered snow showers... I've taken all the weather time with my little commentary here. Scattered snow showers and a high today of 36 in Cincinnati, mostly to partly cloudy tonight with an overnight low of 22, mostly sunny and not quite as windy tomorrow with a high of 35 for the Miami Valley Dayton area. Cloudy with snow showers today, a high of 36, partly cloudy tonight with an overnight low of 22. Morning flurry tomorrow, then a mix of sun and clouds and a high around 34. Kiddos, I'm not expecting you to get off school tomorrow. I'll just put it that way. I'm not expecting it. Maybe I'll be wrong. We'll see. Anyway. Today is Monday, December the 18th, Monday of the third week of Advent. And yes, Christmas is exactly one week away. But we're still in Advent right now. So we're doing Advent today. David Kissel here in studio with me from the Stewardship Department for the Archdiocese of Cincinnati here to talk about stewardship and the season of Advent. David, it's good to see you. Good morning, Anna. So in this season, what would you say um, are the connections that we can make between stewardship and Advent? Yeah, so stewardship, just that reminder that uh, everything is a gift from God. So we are stewards of everything, um, all the gifts that God blesses us with, but uh, the moments and circumstances in our lives uh, has been entrusted to us as a gift and uh, viewing Advent the same way. Do we view it as a gift um, you know, from the church, a season that, that starts the liturgical year for the church? You know, I read once, uh, it says Advent is the season that reminds us of an arrival of something great. Mm. Do we uh, do we view Advent as that that time of you know, something great? Something like great, goat. Is, the goat, right, greatest is, of all time, is, is coming in Christ's birth and what that means for our lives. So, you know, we we talk about stewardship. It's really an expression of our discipleship, um, really living out that call to live as Christ lived. And uh, you know, we we hear in, in Advent and the you know Christmas coming. You know, we hear about hope, that capital H hope that uh, you know Christ has conquered all. And it has provided the path for us to live uh, to live forever with Him in heaven, and that's the reward of us of living a life of stewardship, of of living uh, the call to discipleship. Heaven is the reward uh, of a steward. So, just viewing this season as a gift, and uh, you know that expectant waiting, that hopeful anticipation, and joyful preparation for His coming. Um, we commemorate His birth, but also you know thinking about Christ's second coming at the end of time, 
and just how we can welcome him into our lives as we look towards that. Absolutely. And you mentioned a key word in there, which is preparation. And it it seems kind of silly to think, oh, I'm going to prepare myself for an event that happened 2,000 years ago. But when you're talking about it in terms of preparation for the second coming, which is really what this whole season and Christmas is is all about, how does living stewardship as a way of life help us with this preparation? You know, so today is, uh, Christy and I, it's our 19th wedding anniversary. No way, today's so. the 19th anniversary of the, the ni- Swames, too. Really? You guys got married on, on the same, exact same day. Same, same day, yeah. Wow. Well, ha- congratulations. So thank you. So happy anniversary to Christy. Hopefully yes, she's happy listening anniversary, with the boys. Christy. But when I was thinking about this question, um, you know, I see some parallels with, with Advent. When I think about, you know, think back 20 years ago, in our engagement time, um, as a couple, as we were preparing for that, uh, our wedding day for our marriage together, um, you know, and, and that was, our, our wedding day was just the beginning, you know, really our married life together. And in Archbishop Schnur's vocation prayer, he said, we know, what's the purpose of, of, of marriage? He says, bless us with faithful husbands and wives who are a sign of Christ's love for his church. Yeah. That's powerful, and you know, we think about that, that, that faithful husbands and wives being a sign for how much Christ loved his church. He went to the cross for us. He loves us so much, and we are called as husband and wives to be, be faithful in a way that, that reflects that, that mirrors that. Same for Advent, that time of preparation, that, that season of, of waiting for what's to come, but uh, just preparing for that. That, that Christmas, yes, it's a uh, the feast we celebrate, but it's just the beginning of something. You know, it's just the beginning of how we're called to go out and be, uh, you know, Christ, the light of the world, to be the light of Christ out in our lives. Um, and I, I love a quote I heard once where he said, you know, show me by your life that Jesus is real. Mm. And we view Christmas as that, you know, that, that renewal every year, that starting point, that now it's, you know, God is calling us to go out there, you know, to really live out how Christ calls us to live, to be that light to the world. Absolutely. But of course, we are still in the midst of Advent. And that's certainly something that that sets us apart as as Catholics seeking to to live the faith on a daily basis, to live as stewards. How does stewardship help us remember to be focused on the season of Advent when, I mean, everybody moved on to Christmas on like November 1st after Halloween? Right. Right. The Christmas music was playing on, yeah, November yeah. the 1st. And you know, stewardship is that it's a constant state of discernment. You know, it's that constant recognition. You know, God is, is, is constantly blessing us. We, we always take a step back and saying, where do I see God's blessings in my, in my life, in my life right now? Even in those times of uncertainty, those times of hardship, times of suffering, we still, you know, in prayerful re- reflection, a life of stewardship calls us to see that God continually is blessing us, um, and it's that state of discernment. And kind of the same, you know, in this time of Edmonds, that it's really focusing on what matters most. You know, we've we've this year we're, we're kind of the fourth week of Edmond is really just very it's nothing basically. It's, you know, uh-huh. it's a it's a couple of hours, if couple you will, hours, yeah. <laughs> if you will. So we're kind of short short on uh, the number of weeks we have to prepare, but. We still got a week to go. So if you're, you know, there was a quote once that if you're sick by, of Christmas by December 25th, then you haven't done Advent right. Yeah. Good news is we've still got a week to go. So it's, you know, maybe the reset button needs to happen for this week. Um, but taking a step back, slowing down and really focusing on what matters most. 
Um, and, you know, and, and ultimately the people in our lives, you know, look, living a life of stewardship is really looking around and saying, who are the people in our lives, you know, out of love, we just need to be present with this time of year and, and, and you know, show them that uh, God loves them. And we show that in the way that we, we live and interact with one another. For sure. How do you do Advent in the Kissel House? So we follow the lead of uh, Christy, my wife, is phenomenal in this this area with our boys at home, Carson, Charlie, and Colby. Um, we do a number of different things. So we've got the uh, the family Jesse tree. Nice. Uh, some do that. But, uh, you know, reflecting uh, every day on some of the stories from the Old Testament that really point to, to Jesus' birth and, you know, who gets to put the uh, Jesse tree ornament on each day and, and, and so forth. We've got a little, uh, it's an Advent calendar hanging in the, the kitchen. And it's got little pockets in the calendar for a little mouse to move through. Oh, nice. And uh, little Colby, who's eight, every morning runs to that calendar and, and just moves that mouse one more day as he makes the countdown for Christmas. So I think about, you know, that, that joyful anticipation, that joyful preparation. And it's the joy I see in him just moving that mouse uh, throughout that, that calendar. Um, we've got the Advent wreath on the kitchen table with the, the candles that every night with dinner we'll light. Um, never mind the the fight that ensues sometimes after dinner of who gets to blow out who the gets candles. To blow out the candles. You don't. Ha- I was. I thought you were going to say who gets to light them, but I guess you. No, don't. I'm, I'm the lighter, thankfully. But when they blow, <laughs> I'm, I'm just you know, let's just not burn the house down. Let's take turns on who gets to to, to blow the candles out. Um, so and then also. Well, you, it's nice now. You got three candles to right. light and three boys. So. Right. Right. No right. more fights this no, week. Right, right. You get the peace. You get peace. Peace ahead Pe- of Christmas. Peace on earth, peace in our home, yes. <laughs> yes. And then the, uh, you know, it, looking at Christmas, the nativity scene, we have the nativity scene up, but the, the wise men are off on the other side of the room over on the piano. They still have a distance to go. Nice. And uh, Jesus is hidden right nice. now. So the, uh, the manger is empty awesome. until Christmas morning. That's so, fantastic. Just some of the things we do in our house um, just to help prepare and and get ready. Good little reminders of the season that we are in. We've been talking to David Kissel from the Stewardship Department for the Archdiocese of Cincinnati, which is linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. David, thank you so much. And when we get there, have a very Merry Christmas. You too, Anna. Thank you. Thank you. All right. 19 past. We're back with traffic and weather right after this. I'm Father Rob Jack. Join me this afternoon for Driving Home the Faith when Sean McAfee will discuss his new book, The Compendium of Sacramentals. Alvin Louie will share the latest news from his parents' project, Courage is a Habit. I'll begin my reflection on the second O Anaphon, O Adonai, the frequent traffic and weather to get you home safely. That's this afternoon beginning at 4 on Sacred Heart Radio. You're on the road to Christ the King. Cabernet Sauvignon, Malbec, Merlot, Pinot Noir, Chardonnay. When you're looking for an extensive selection of fine handcrafted wines from around the world, it's the BFM Wine Shop on Bridgetown Road. BFM Wine stocks over a 1,000 labels of high-quality wine from boutique wineries and small producers. There's also the Wine of the Month, their e-newsletter, and pairing suggestions with fine food. The BFM Wine Shop, proud supporters of Sacred Heart Radio, on the web at bridgetownfindermeats.com. St. Vincent de Paul, Northern Kentucky, understands the importance of a helping hand when life becomes difficult. Through the grace of God and the amazing generosity of volunteers and donors, St. Vincent de Paul, Northern Kentucky has been able to provide over $200,000 in rent and utility assistance to nearly 2,000 neighbors in need in the last 12 weeks alone. 
The prayer is to continue to faithfully serve those in need well into the future. To learn how you can help, visit svdpnky.org and follow along on social media. Start your new year with purpose. Gate of Heaven Cemetery of the Archdiocese of Cincinnati is here to help you understand church teachings, to assist your loved ones tomorrow by thinking ahead today. Gate of Heaven Cemetery's free pre-planning seminar is on Tuesday, January 23rd, offering three time slots for your convenience, 11 a.m., 2 p.m., or 6 p.m. For reservations, 513-489-0300 or email community at gateofheaven.org. 22 minutes past the hour now in this traffic report is a service of Rose Automotive at pre-owned vehicles on Erie Highway in Hamilton on the web at roseautomotivegroup.com. Looks like they cleaned up that disabled vehicle or moved it out of the way. And so everybody's moving fine now on the interstates. So enjoy the ride. Is everybody off school already this week? My kids go to school today and tomorrow and then they're done. Just surprised at how light traffic is right now. Okay, so for weather, traffic may not be so light this afternoon. Uh, Scattered snow showers and squalls, which are basically just snowy wind gusts, is uh, what my husband texted to me after the first weather report this morning. So um, where am I? Falling temperatures, a high of 36 degrees. Mostly to partly cloudy tonight with an overnight low of 22. Mostly sunny tomorrow and a high of 35. For the Miami Valley, Dayton area, variably cloudy today with snow showers and a high of 36. Partly cloudy skies tonight and an overnight low of 22. Some morning flurries and then sun and clouds, a mix of sun and clouds tomorrow with a high of 34 degrees. Now please pray with me the prayer for Ohio. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Ever-living God, you give life and desire a future for all your children. Take hold of our nation, state, and community, and awaken in every heart awe for the gift of life. Send your spirit to strengthen us with wisdom and fortitude as we defend mothers and children in Ohio from laws that disregard their health and safety. Mary and Joseph trusted in you and welcomed Jesus into our broken world. Father, we ask their intercession to protect the preborn and their mothers and to guide all parents in raising their children. May they help us build a civilization of love by upholding the sacredness of life, preserving parental rights, and accompanying pregnant women in need. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Our Lady, Mother of the Family, pray for us. St. Joseph, Protector of the Unborn, pray for us. Dr. Leonard DeLorenzo joins us next. It's 24 past. When you donate your car to St. Vincent de Paul of Cincinnati, you are showing you care by making it a vehicle for hope to transform lives. Your donation of a car, truck, or RV helps provide basic needs to struggling neighbors, and they'll pick it up for free. Find out more at 421care.org. Hi, this is John Kennedy, a State Farm agent and a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio. If you need life insurance, I can help process the best options for you and your family. You can reach me at 859-485-2000 or online at johnkennedyinsurance.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Central Fabricators. Central Fabricators is currently seeking welders for their ASME code fabrication shop. 
They're looking for hard-working professionals who enjoy meeting challenges and surpassing customer expectations. Candidates are required to have experience in fit-up and welding. This is long-term employment in a secure, rewarding full-time career with a four-day work week, health care and dental benefits, and paid vacations. More information at centralfabricators.com. That's centralfabricators.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Rose Automotive, serving the Hamilton area with a wide selection of pre-owned cars, trucks, and SUVs. Rose Automotive, celebrating over 30 years of automotive excellence. On Erie Highway in Hamilton, roseautomotivegroup.com. Dr. Leonard DeLorenzo is joining us again now on the Sunrise Morning Show. He's with the McGrath Institute for Church Life at Notre Dame and host of the Church Life Today podcast author of quite a few books, the one pertinent to today's discussion, Model of Faith, Reflecting on the Litany of St. Joseph. Dr. De Lorenzo, welcome back. Thank you very much. Good morning. It is good to have you. So the octave day of Christmas is the Feast of Mary, Mother of God. What do you think it means for Joseph to be the husband of the Mother of God, which is one of his titles in the litany? Well, I think, among other things, that the honor and the grace that is bestowed uniquely unto Mary is in all generosity then shared with St. Joseph through his union with her. I think that Joseph is the one who is perhaps the first witness, we could say, to the great mysteries that are held both within the Blessed Mother and, of course, through their Blessed Child, Jesus. That none of this comes to Joseph, you could say, I suppose, directly, but only by obedience, by devotion, and by his call from God. He is made one with those who are at the heart of the mystery. And so I think there is a way in which there's a hiddenness to Joseph, therefore, and that hiddenness is also a sign of, perhaps for us, our own dignity and call to be united to the mystery of the mother of God and to the mystery of God with us. It's really incredible to think, you know, you read through the first couple of chapters of of Matthew and Luke, and neither the Blessed Mother nor Joseph seem to have any foreknowledge of Mary's vocation to be the mother of God, uh, even while they did know that she was set apart for the Lord. Um, in any event, I, I mean, it must have taken a lot of courage and faith on the part of Joseph to not divorce her quietly as uh, he was clearly considering in, in the Gospel of Matthew. I mean, I think that's quite right. I think courage and faith is certainly right on right at the heart of it. And I think the other way of thinking about that, maybe this is just a reflection of courage and faith, is preparation. Yeah. That, as you rightly point out, there's no foreknowledge. And yet, here we find a man who, as is first described to us in Matthew's Gospel, was a just man. And he, of course, didn't just become a just man at that moment. He was a just man. And that took time and preparation, diligence and discipline to become that kind of man. And so when these fateful times came to him and when the most important calls of all fell upon his life, he was a man who had grown in virtue and was at least capable of opening himself to be made fit to that calling. Let's put it that way. I think that's the minimum we could say about virtue is it makes you at least capable of being fit 
to what you're called for, even if he wasn't fully qualified at that moment, he was open to it. And, you know, you think about it, every dad is to his children in some way, an image of God the Father. And of course, some dads manage to do a, a fairly good job of, of communicating the nature of God, albeit imperfectly, um, to the, you know, to God the Father. But Others, not so much. But could you imagine, like, being the earthly father of a kid who fully understands the nature of God the Father? I know that's quite right. And, you know, the first part of what you're saying there, that each earthly father is called to be a reflection or is a reflection or is a a sign of God the Father. And we know, tragically, too often how much many of us fathers fail to be that reflection of the heavenly father but god comes to us on our terms and takes on our customs and terms and in fact to the point that jesus teaches us to call his father his father our father and so when we as earthly fathers present to our children and to others an image of what it means to be a father we're also taking on the incredible responsibility of giving a sort of target, you could say, to what God comes to take on and to address us through, which is our fatherhood, to reveal in our fatherhood who and what he fully and eternally is as the one who gives, as the one who sacrifices, as the one who exercises all generosity. And so I think as you're saying rightly, like there's an increased dignity and challenge in the call of Joseph who is always the one who, who, known as Jesus's father, is, you could say, compared or in some ways referred to the heavenly father. And for him, I think this is also a sign of his humility. There's no indication that there's rivalry or jealousy in this. There's only submission and obedience to allow himself to be further conformed to the righteous and true image of fatherhood that would in some ways be respectful of, and in other ways be, I suppose we could say, I don't know, worthy of or grow mm. into worthiness of the title of father that is only truly God's. Well, at least he didn't have to worry about like having to, like the the idea of like soiling the image of God for Jesus who knew his father, who was, I mean, is one with the father knows him perfectly but you know you think about okay maybe that pressure not so much on him like uh like any other father might feel um being this this reflection of god the father for his children but dude you are the head of the holy family i mean that comes with a lot of pressure of its own indeed yeah i think we could certainly say that and i also think you know all of salvation, let's put it this way to really put the pressure here on Joseph, all of <laughs> salvation is about our responsiveness to God's initiative, that God seeks to come to us as our guest. And the first one to whom he comes as a guest is, of course, the Blessed Mother, who receives the word of God in all love and grace and in her own flesh to open herself fully and completely to him. But Joseph is the one who is called without you can say the same grace to respond with faith and humility to open his home, in fact, to make a home 
that would be welcoming and fit for the obedience of his most blessed child, Jesus. And so we can see in Joseph that what is called of each of us, that that on which our own salvation hangs, which is our responsiveness and openness to the divine word, is first exercised by him who has to act in humility, faith, and trust to not only open a home to the Son of God, but to create a home for him, to be the head of that home and that family, to always and continually be open to receiving what exceeds his understanding, but what pulls on his very heart. Yeah. Can you close us off by reflecting on the marriage of Joseph and the mother of God? You know, I was thinking about Ephesians chapter 5 and and St. Paul basically telling us that that marriage is this image of Christ's love for the church. How do Mary and Joseph exemplify that? Well, I think Joseph is the reflection and only ever the reflection of what we have come to know and are given in faith about Mary. So Mary is the one who is tender, who receives into every part of herself, into her heart and mind and imagination, into her body, the imprint of God's love upon the world, that love which takes flesh. And she, as the one who is tender, receives fully. But she's also the one who is strong. She is the one who bears with his sacrifices and bears with the weight of his uh, love for the world in her own sacrifice and love. And Joseph, in loving her, must respond to exactly who she is, the one who is most tender, the one who is most true. And the only way to do that is to become tender and strong and true in himself. And he is he does it in response to who she is and who her child is. And that makes him who he is for all time. Beautifully put. We've been talking to Dr. Leonard De Lorenzo, and you can read more of his reflections in Model of Faith on the Litany of St. Joseph. It's from our Sunday visitor and linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Dr. De Lorenzo, thank you so much. My pleasure. All right. It is 35 minutes past the hour now. It's time for news. The region is going under a winter weather advisory a little later this morning. The National Weather Service has issued the advisory from 10 a.m. until 1 a.m. tomorrow morning. Temperatures are expected to fall today as a front brings wind gusts up to 40 miles per hour and occasional snow squalls into the region. Snow accumulation is expected to be half an inch to an inch. Could lead to some slick conditions on the roads. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin is in Israel today to get an update on the war in Gaza. His visit comes as criticism is growing against Israel over mounting civilian casualties as it tries to destroy Hamas. There have been hints that Israel could move to a lower intensity strategy in the new year. Meanwhile, the appeals for peace are growing louder from church leaders after two Christians and two Israeli hostages were recently killed by Israeli soldiers. The president of the U.S. Bishops Conference, Archbishop Timothy Brolio, released a statement saying such violence must not continue following the mistaken killing of Israeli hostages and now the killing of two Christian women and the wounding of others inside the Holy Family Parish in Gaza. We call for an immediate cessation of all hostages, the re- of all hostilities, the release of hostages 
and for earnest negotiations towards a peaceful resolution of this conflict. Pope Francis, during his Angelus address yesterday, also called for peace again in the Holy Land and reflected on the Sunday Gospel reading, focusing on what it means that John the Baptist testifies to the light. From Vatican Radio, Thaddeus Jones reports. Looking at the nature of John's testimony and... Well, it appears that story is not going to work, so we will move on. A once prominent cardinal has been sentenced to five and a half years in Vatican jail. Cardinal Angelo Becciu was convicted on multiple counts of embezzlement. He was among 10 defendants accused of a property scheme that prosecutors said swindled millions of dollars from the Vatican. The 75-year-old became the first cardinal to be tried in Vatican City's criminal court. Becciu has denied the charges and his attorney plans to appeal. 8.38 now on the Sunrise Morning Show and Sports on Sacred Heart Radio is brought to you by Dr. Robert Berger and Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine online at beaconortho.com. Here's Paul Lachman. Thank you very much, Anna Mitchell. Yesterday, we'll go over some football scores. How about this? The Cleveland Browns heads the the Chicago Bears 20-17. to Chicago's Hail Mary try at the uh, end of the game was picked off and Cleveland improves to 9-5. and Browns will uh, visit the Houston Texans next Sunday. As for our Bengals over the weekend, they won 27-24 in overtime over the Minnesota Vikings. A bit uh, nail-biting at times, to say the least. And Bengals may have dodged a bullet with Jamar Chase. He suffered an AC joint sprain in his shoulder. Missed the uh, end of the game after getting hurt in the fourth quarter. Zach Taylor says he's considered day-to-day Bengals. Eight and six will take on the Pittsburgh Steelers next week. How about this? Ohio State quarterback, former Ohio State quarterback Kyle McCord. He's made his decision. He will be wearing orange. He will be playing for the Syracuse Orange next season after going 11 and one as the Buckeyes quarterback this past season. Let's check in on sports. We got more on the Sunrise Morning Show right after this. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Dr. Robert Berger at Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine. Dr. Berger has been recognized by Cincinnati Magazine nearly every year over the past 20 years as one of the top physicians in orthopedic surgery, and he serves as team physician for Xavier University, Mount St. Joseph University, and LaSalle High School. Dr. Berger treats patients of all ages at the Beacon West office on Harrison Avenue and on the east side at Cincinnati Sports Club. For more information, 513-354-3700, online at beaconortho.com. Sacred Heart Radio is blessed to have the support of Larkin Cobb Chevrolet Buick GMC in Eaton, Ohio, offering a wide range of new and used cars, trucks, and SUVs with on-site financing. Larkin Cobb, close to Eaton, Richmond, Dayton, and Brookville. On the web at LarkinCobb.com. Now you can use Venmo to give to Sacred Heart Radio. Just type in at Sacred Heart Radio, all one word, to give a gift of any amount. To help broadcast God's life-giving message over our seven media platforms, use Venmo at Sacred Heart Radio. Kevin Prendergast now joining us, a pastoral counselor who's got decades of experience in the classroom and private practice uh, as a licensed counselor. Kevin, good morning. Yeah, good morning. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, as we uh, you know, wind down the month of November and head towards, you know, talking less about death in November and more about birth in December right with Jesus. I think uh, it's a great opportunity to kind of 
conclude this series we've been doing by really focusing on how do we maintain that connection with mm-hmm. those who have gone on. And there are a bunch of different ways that people do this, but the Catholic Church really has some like concrete tools for us, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And I'm always uh, amazed or grateful when I see that some really, really good psychologists kind of come up with exactly some of the same principles that we find in our Catholic faith. So we've been talking about these four tasks of grief uh, that were kind of outlined by Dr. William Warden. You know, on the first three, you know, just accepting that somebody has died and kind of getting our mind around that, that takes a while. Uh, we talked about the emotional process of grieving and all the ups and downs and the roller coaster of that. And then a- adapting to a world where our beloved is no longer there and, and trying to accept that. And then this last one, and I like the way that he puts it, to find ways to remember the deceased and build an enduring connection while embarking on the rest of one's life's journey, right? So that's very interesting that just from secular psychology, you know, he he says that it's so important to have that enduring connection. Well, that resonates with our belief in the communion of saints uh, in life everlasting. And I think there's a sense just in human beings, whether they're Catholic or Christian or not, is this can't be all there is, right? Right, Uh, right. There's got to be more. There's, yeah. We've talked about this in so many different ways with so many different guests uh, as we've explored the angles of this. But one that immediately comes to mind is that, uh, you know, Rita Heikenfeld talks about those family recipes that get passed down. Mm -hmm. Uh, In some ways, uh, a secular person with no sense of the communion of saints in the way that we understand it still feels something of that, right, when they make something that a loved one (laughs) used to eat or was known for making. I I think that's just one of those sort of deeply human things that the church gets. Yeah, and in cultures all around the world, you know, whatever the religious belief is, uh, people don't just say, well, that's it, that's over, I'm not going to think about the dead person, they're gone, they'll never be back. So we have these ways to connect in our Catholic faith of, you know, uh, having an intention set at Mass, uh, praying for the dead, praying a rosary, little rituals, uh, meditating, you know, lighting a candle, keeping a photograph, And then I think there's some other profound ones that help with this one, because like we talked about last time, that oftentimes people get stuck in grief and they just can't move on with their life. And so this this question of, you know, if your beloved deceased was sitting here right now, what would they want you to do? So particularly, you know, for younger uh, widows and widowers, you know, the idea that, well, I have my, my one and only, my soulmate, and so I just have to be alone for the rest of my life. Maybe that's a path that some people take that's very honorable. Uh, but does that mean that I, you know, I give up any kind of connection with other people, any kind of emotional intimacy, because I'm, you know, honoring in the wrong way uh, my beloved in that relationship? And then I think, you know, most people will answer that, that they want me to go on. They don't want me to stay stuck and depressed and miserable all the time. And so we have to wrestle with that. And that's not easy of trying to figure out, well, I I am grateful for what I shared with uh, the person who is so close to me. But what can I learn? Like, you know, maybe by thinking about their life, what were some of the, the, you know, everybody's got good and bad and that's part of what we talked about. We have to come to terms with the imperfection uh, of somebody that we loved who's gone. But we can also think about what what did they do that was honorable, that was good? Were they people of service? Did they have some special interest? Did they make contributions? And what does that mean for me? Can I continue to contribute, right? And I think this idea of gratitude in the month of November is also, along with grief, 
of thinking back on on the good and the bad, but you know, hopefully the good outweighs the bad. And sometimes I found that with people that I had a lot of trouble with that sometimes it's only after they're gone, after some time that I appreciate them more. And then I have this very deep feeling that I'm more connected to them now than I were at the time than I was at the time of their death. That maybe I've worked through some of those resentments that I had. You know, I thought back, I prayed about it, I asked God to forgive them for whatever they had done to me. And that frees me to move forward rather than staying stuck in anger and resentment and bitterness. And then to think, what can I contribute? I think the last point would be um, uh, none of us are going to get out of this alive, right? So, so that, you know, I too will pass on someday. And then, you know, now that this very dear person to me is gone, uh, it really makes me aware of the shortness of life. But what am I going to do with that time? And what's what's Christ asking me to do? What what more can I do for Christ for the other people in my life? Maybe, but you know, what kinds of amends and reparation do I need to make for the rest of my life? So there's something very positive that I can, you know, even though I'm really sad. And we've talked before that do we ever get over missing the person who's gone? I don't think so. <laughs> you know, it ebbs and flows, and we get it gets a little better. We get some more peace. But by these ways of, you know, maybe starting a foundation, making a contribution, um, maybe carrying on a work that, that my beloved uh, person who's gone now, maybe they started some kind of project or ministry or service, and that inspires me to do the same thing or maybe to adapt it in ways that fit my personality and gifts. So that's very hopeful, and I think that's, like you said at the lead-in, you know, we go from grieving and sadness and darkness into the season coming up now of Advent of light and hope and we can be hopeful even when we feel bad right we can yeah. still have faith in, in our lord even when we're when we're hurting well i think uh when you talk about giving in someone's name uh that's mm -hmm. such a powerful thing to think about as we transition towards advent and one of the first feasts that we get every advent is the feast of saint nicholas who has probably one of the largest legacies of people giving in his name of anybody who ever lived. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. That's right. And, yeah. and, and think about the impact that that's had. Think about how many people are generous to strangers in honor of the witness of St. Nicholas. Like mm -hmm. imagine if we were to, uh, you know, find something that, you know, we could help out with and give in that person's name, something we know that they'd be yeah. in favor of, that they know that they would support, or that they even support it in their own life. Uh, what a yeah. powerful way. Right, so we miss them, but their their leaving us uh, inspires us to more generosity and service, which is a good good outcome, right? Very good, very good. Kevin Prendergast, yeah. thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. Thanks, Matt. Take care. Thank you, Kevin, and thank you, Matt. Up next, Courtney Brown. It's 12 till. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Bright Lights. St. Teresa in Bright, Indiana is hosting a free drive through Christmas light display every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, 6 to 10 p.m., now through January 6th. More information at brightlightsindiana.com. Pregnancy Center West is committed to protecting the unborn by encouraging women to see and choose the beauty of life while offering practical assistance for them and their families. Donate securely online at supportpcw.org. That's supportpcw.org. Support is from Andiamo Artisan Bakery in Hamilton's German Village, featuring authentic Italian cookies and sweets to grace your table during the holidays. From their signature Sicilian almond paste cookies to cannoli and tiramisu, celebrate the season with the flavors of chocolate, walnut, and fig. Order in store or online at andiamo-artisan-bakery.com. 
That's A-N-D-I-A-M-O. Andiamo-artisan-bakery.com. A wedding is a day. A marriage is a lifetime. Catholic Engaged Encounter Weekends are a marriage preparation program led by married couples and a priest or deacon. This is time for a couple to learn about each other and their upcoming marriage. Based on communication, intimacy, and the family they grew up in. Find out more at cincinnati-covington.engagedencounter.com. That's cincinnati-covington.engagedencounter.com. Joining us now on the Sunrise Morning Show is Courtney Brown, Executive Director of the Rural Woods Institute. You can check out their revealed curriculum, K-12 Theology of the Body Curriculum, over at their website, ruawoodsinstitute.org. Courtney, good morning. Good morning, Anna. How are you? I am doing great, thank you. And we are going to be getting some mini lessons with you uh, going through this curriculum for young students. And we're going to be starting with kindergarten today. So what theme or themes are highlighted from Theology of the Body in the kindergarten curriculum specifically? So in our kindergarten program, the themes that we highlight specifically are creation is a gift. We have two, two lessons on that, two lessons on original solitude. And then we go into an aspect of dignity of work, and then that my body is a gift as well. And so we kind of focus on how the, one of the major tenets of theology of the body is that we are our bodies, which is... I know in today's culture, it's somewhat of a profound statement, but in, in essence, what we're trying to do with the kindergartners is recognize the fact that they're a boy or a girl matters, and it reveals something of God and that their body is good. So those first two sessions on creation is gift. We kind of walk them through the seven days of creation, and then the, we also talk through kind of like where they are in terms of the reference to how God loves them and their unique dignity and worth from just recognizing those seven days. And then we kind of go into what JP2, in his work, when he reflects on the beginning, reflects on the three original experiences, original solitude, original unity, and original nakedness. Well, with the kindergartners, we focus heavily on this understanding of original solitude, which is why we bring in the literature to help them understand this concept, which is big, but when we talk about that first experience of Adam when it says he was walking alone in the garden, mm. um, we, we help the students kind of navigate that through the book, Blueberries with Sal. Yeah, so. yeah. So this Blueberries for Sal, one of uh, two works of, of children's literature that you use for the kindergarten curriculum. It's a classic, but there might be uh, a few people that uh, are not familiar. So can you tell us the story of Blueberries for Sal? Sure. So Blueberries for Sal sets out with this uh, little girl, Sal, who's walking with her mother in a field picking blueberries. And as she's walking along and she's being curious and wonder, like just like little kids would do, mm-hmm. and then she essentially walks away and mom's going further down the path and they get lost. And then there's another story, uh, well, another situation with a little bear and mother bear. And the same exact thing with the little bear is walking in the blueberry patch with Mom and mom telling her that before hibernation, you need to eat as many blueberries as possible. Well, they essentially get lost, and then they start to discover trying to find their moms again, and they see birds and recognize both Sal and the little bear, recognize that, oh, that's not my mother. And then through that, 
they eventually get mixed up, and then Sal ends up by Mother Bear, and Mother Bear turns around and says, you're not my little bear, right? And then same thing happens with the little bear with uh, Sal's mom. And then eventually they find mom, and it's joyous, and then the story. So the reason we choose that is because in the beginning, as JPC talks about these two experiences, uh, well, it talks about original solitude, and there's two aspects. One is, as Adam is walking in the garden, he's recognizing that he is distinct and different mm-hmm. from the other animals. And then also, as he's walking in the garden, he also understands his relationship with God. So here we are trying to teach this to the students. What we use this story for is to show as Sal is walking and recognizes the birds and realizes that I'm not a bird, that's not my mom, and all that stuff. So same with the little bear. So there's this experience of understanding who we are that's revealed in the body. So that's what that story is about, and that's how we use it with the aspect of original solitude. Wow, and you think, too, I mean, what is the one thing that God says is not good, that man is alone? And so you have a a child, I mean, I know it's not a scary story, but a child who is lost looking looking for for mom, and and that idea of, of being lost, being alone, is ultimately not what what is meant for us. That's correct. Yeah, that's really a good point too. And and it's solitude isn't like that alone feeling where I'm lonely as much as it is a recognition that I'm made for the other yeah. and that we're made for relationship. And you know, there's also another activity we do with the students called um, it's like what's in the name activity in one of the kindergarten books. And what's fun about that particular situation is that. Um, they actually reflect on the power of their name. You know, and as Adam was walking through the garden and naming the animals, he speaks of relationship and the creative power with God. And one of the things that I found to be so profound about that with the kids is a lot of them don't even really ever think about, wow, my name, and what's Mm. the power in saying that in recognizing someone and that they are a reflection of the love between their father and their mother and because of that love, they have a name, just like the Trinity, right? Like the love of the Father and the Son is so strong between those two. It is the person of the Trinity. So mm. it's the kind of that's where we get that um, in a way that icon, the family becomes a certain type of icon of who the Father is, and God the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So that activity is really cool for the kids to kind of just reflect on the power of their the name and why it matters. Yeah, and let's explore some of these other themes that that can come out in Blueberries for Sal uh, in light of of the kindergarten curriculum here from Rua Woods. They're going out to pick blueberries, which are a gift from God, the gift of creation. Yes, that's actually I'm, I'm, that's actually one of the things for our curriculum is to inspire that wonder, that hands-on feel. And the actual idea of, like, going out into a blueberry field, I know that's not in the most common experience of kids today, but when you do that and you bring them to nature, they do. They get this sense of awe and wonder and that, that God is present in everything and that they can actually experience God in some of the most natural things. And it's interesting. I know this is kind of a digression, um, but I was listening to uh, someone talk about how to overcome anxiety and stress and just some of these things that our teens and kids are focusing on in, in the world are struggling with, rather than focusing on, but struggling with that stress and anxiety that 
nature has a way bringing them out into the nature, getting them off of their phones and the technology as a way of sending healing and, and helping them. Most definitely. Thank you so much, Courtney Brown. And you can find Rural Woods Institute linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Check out their revealed curriculum for K through 12. Well, that'll do it for this Monday edition of the Sunrise Morning Show. We'll look forward to talking to you again tomorrow on a Tuesday. Stay safe out there, everybody. For Matt Swaim, Paul Lockman, Travis Smith, I'm Anna Mitchell. May God bless you and keep you and grant you his peace. I'm Bill Torbeck of Tri-State Abrasive and Tool Company, proud to support Sacred Heart Radio. We strive to provide the highest quality diamond and CBN products manufactured by privately owned companies, enabling us to provide prompt and personal service and you to avoid the unnecessary cost and frustrations of dealing with bureaucracies. Find us online at theabrasiveone.com. That's the number one, theabrasiveone.com, theabrasiveone.com. Tim Maley here, General Manager at Shock Tile and Carpet. Shock is a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio and local food pantries. A portion of every retail sale will help feed those in need. Or drop items off at our newly remodeled showroom and we will deliver. Family owned and operated since 1928, Shock hopes this season is filled with many blessings to you and yours. Residential, commercial, new home construction, 513-922-3466 or shocktile.com. That's S-C-H-O-C-H tile.com. Why wait in endless lines at the pharmacy when Brozard Pharmacy, a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio, can fill your prescriptions in a timely manner with high quality. Brozard Pharmacy, fast, friendly service without the wait at brosartpharmacy.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from J.C. Health Insurance agent George Justin. If you're turning 65, retiring, or simply have Medicare questions, George has answers. George is your pro-family, pro-life guide to Medicare, helping to simplify your transition by guiding you through the options to find a plan that meets your unique needs, all at no cost to you. Find out more from George Johnston at J.C. Health Insurance, 859-414-6591. That's 859-414-6591. Working to see the culture of life prevail in the Miami Valley, Dayton Right to Life is here to protect God's gift of life through law, education, and community action, from fertilization to natural death. Find Dayton Right to Life online at DaytonLife.org. That's DaytonLife.org. Support comes from On a Mission to Love for books, handcrafted gifts for baptism, communion, confirmation, wedding, birthdays, and more, all deeply based in the rosary and devotion to our Holy Mother. Onamissiontolove.com. That's onamissiontolove.com. This is Father Benedict Kroll, the Director of Mission Advancement for the Angelicum in Rome. Thank you for listening to Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. 740 WNOP Newport, 910 WPFB Middletown, or get the app, stream, podcast, and more.